I was eating last night and I, uh, it was like, you know, when like, I like eating out of a bowl, it just seems sure. easier. It seems safer. You're not going to push things off the plate. I don't do that very often. You know what I mean? But it might be a, a, like a, it makes me more comfortable. You know what I mean? And one of the things in the bowl is a piece of garlic bread. I put my fork through it and I aggressive bite, dude. It was like, <laughs> I committed to this bite. I bit the fork. Oh, I took a hard bite on the a, fork. That's a rough, that's a rough L to take. Well, first of all, you feel stupid. You feel yes. really, really stupid. You don't feel dumber in almost any situation than when you bite the fork. And um, <laughs> it also hurts like hell. It's like the most uncomfortable thing you can do. Um, and uh, my teeth hurt still. I did it last night. So, I did it while you- I was watching Uncensored 96. <laughs> Have you have you done the stab into the cheek on accident before or hit with the fork with the fork? No, like I've never your, done that one. Gum? I've had it like it slipped or something whenever I was like going or I was in the wrong angle or something. I yeah. stabbed myself in the gums before. That is not a good. Yeah, uh, that sounds to, terrible. That's not a good way to conduct business. I have you ever you know? bit your finger? Like uh, I do it with French fries. Like and I've only done it like a handful of times in my life. Uh, where like you have the french fries in your hand like right. a, a clump of french fries and you like dip them and you go in with the fingers instead of like uh, single french fry not you... that but i do like i've strayed the hardest that i ever bite my cheek is when i think there's a french fry right there oh and man just all cheek and is there any like less i mean i'm sure there are there's probably hundreds of them but like a less dignified food to eat than french fries like i just feel like a month because i'm taking like i'm there's never just one french fry and then i pop it you're always taking three three to five fries and just shoving them in there you know yeah like you it 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 turns men into animals and and women probably um (laughs) i haven't done the case study yet but uh yeah french fries they're so good and there's they're just like they're good you eat them with your hands and there's a lot of them so like it's if you ate rice with your hands, it'd probably be very similar, but yeah. you don't. And there, there's there's the most things you eat with your hands. You got one big thing you're putting it in your mouth with with French fries. There's a lot of them and yeah. uh, it, it gets sloppy real quick and you're getting grease on yeah. your face and you're getting grease in your hand in my car sometimes because I have to I commute uh, because my my girlfriend lives like an hour away. So yeah. I will leave work. And sometimes if I haven't eaten dinner, I'll stop at a fast food place or whatever and i'll get a burger and i'll get fries and because we live in california i'm obviously getting ranch with oh yeah uh, yeah the whole situation it's a staple so so i've got hand on the wheel uh i've got ranch ramekin in between two two fingers right here these guys holding it then i'm holding the wheel with that hand ranch top up you're playing right. with fire, dog. Then I'm in the bag with the right hand, yeah. grabbing the fries, dipping them into the mouth while I'm driving. It's a whole. That's I've amazing. Got whole, I've got a whole system worked out that I need. Or sometimes what I'll do is I'll put the ranch on the seat, on the passenger seat, mm-hmm. under a napkin, and I'll just pop the top off of that boy, put it to the side, then take the fries out of the bag, dip them. 
because then it's in a it's a static location so it's okay you dude know. i want and we, we we as as friends we've had this conversation a lot of times i always want videos when you do something stupid i wish i wish you had a camera on you at all times yeah when you're doing the driving with the ranch between the fingers thing yeah. i want i want a video a dash cam video of you hitting a pothole and just uh, ranch going and like it being on your face like it like it like hits the roof of the car no, the, and it just flings the, ranch the, the main thing that happens is i get a burger from uh i don't know that they have these other places i don't know this is going to make the podcast so i'm trying to make it universal to everybody but yeah i assume they do like uh like a rainbow drive-in or just like whatever shit house local it's, it's burger your, your, joint yeah your you local got. burger your local greasy burger joint yeah so there's a place in the town that i work in called the red onion and i love this place i have a vendetta I, against them but i'll get there go ahead okay so um don't ruin the red onion for me it's not I, it's not anything gross it's just it, okay. it's something fucking really annoyed me that yeah. i did but go go ahead because uh well here's the thing they do that annoys me i always get a number six combo number six mm. and i say every time i go to the drive-thru i go hi may i have a number six please and every t- actually you you say it to me and then i'll say i'll tell you what they tell me okay uh hey uh may i please have a number six do you want the combo Oh, you motherfucker. Oh, man. Number six is the combo. I, yes, thank you. I'm not crazy. Right. Oh. That's, yeah. So every time I'm like, yeah, what did you? Otherwise, I'd just say, can I get the whatever, the big boss burger? Uh, <laughs> but I don't say that because I have dignity. So I get yeah. the number six because then I can save myself. Um, mm-hmm. But what always happens is they put so much Thousand Island and stupid tiny pieces of lettuce all over this burger mm-hmm. when i just i just want meat and bun and cheese and bacon yeah and the onion and it comes with an onion ring that's what makes it the big boss mm-hmm. so but i every time i convince myself this time i will figure out a way while i'm driving to not get this shit all over my shirt that <laughs> i like that i need to wear again that it's my work shirt hubris <laughs> nothing but pure, pure hubris unadulterated hubris. unadulterated hubris and every time just sneaky dude like just like night emissions worth of this mayo gets on to me yeah like and then and then the shirt i can't i can't re-wear the shirt to work because there's no saving it once it's got that shit all over it. It's just not gonna happen. No, yeah. no. You, 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 the, 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 the best you can do is, is you get some spot remover or something like that. But you're not, you're not, a, you're I, not a, 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 a spot remover guy. No, and it's like it's brand wash. It, yeah, it's egg based. It's gonna smell. It's oh, like yeah. it's yeah. It's like mayonnaise and Ugh. whatever. So it's not. It's but every every I I go to this place once a week maybe. Yeah. for dinner and every single time i think to myself this is the week that i figure out how to how to make this happen and no there's you'll get to that top the top of that mountain eventually dusty yeah sometimes i've nearly thrown the no hitter and then in the ninth inning cni singles worth of thousand island dressing just right onto my shirt you know (sighs) Yeah, you just you just let you you let one a little bit over the plate. Your your infielders yeah. were shifted, and they just they poke it right through that hole. Uh, yeah. The the thing the the way that the red onion pissed pissed me off, and I I literally I I this was this might have been the first time I went there, 
And it was the first year that they were open. They've been open for like six years or something like that. Um, I've, I've been there a couple times since, but it's been very hesitant. It's, I, I, I do not trust this place. Um, they, I got a Philly cheesesteak from the Red Onion. We live, Philly, in Cali- we live in California, by the way. The Phillies always, but, the Phillies are always good. You get some yeah. beef, you get some peppers, you get some onions. That's the sandwich and, and cheese, yeah. obviously. That's the entire sandwich. You do not. Did they, they put cilantro on it? No. Oh, well, yeah, that would have been a problem. That would have <laughs> been a real problem. But this was, this was actually might have been worse. I don't know if they just had like an. A, 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 a hilarious surplus of shredded uh, lettuce and they just yes. they just had to get rid of it but my by the way once again philly cheesesteak sandwich was like half shredded lettuce what are you what are you doing yeah yeah i don't want my i don't want my philly cheesesteak to see lettuce i don't want it in the same room it'll get nervous i don't yeah. want a nervous philly cheesesteak no and I, dude, when they gave me when I well, no, I didn't see when they gave it to me. I was gone, but I opened my bag and, you know, because shredded lettuce sucks. It sucks. It's everywhere. It sticks to everything. It's it is. It is a menace. Yeah. Lettuce, the menace. Is that good? Is I, that good? That, I'll give it a seven. OK, thank you. That's, that's, that's why seven. I paused first. But yeah, I opened this. The bag, and I look. You know, you know how when any when shredded lettuce touches anything, it's on. It's going to be on the wrapper on the outside. It's just gonna. Yeah. Because now you this can't, is shredded lettuce. You can't contain it. Yeah. So as soon as I opened it, I went no fucking way. And I was I was at a, I was at my friend's. Uh, my friend owns a business. I was at his business, and I I was I was so angry because I was so hungry and I was so excited and. <laughs> It's ruined. You can't. Yeah. You can't. It's you can't put the toothpaste out of uh, back in the tube. You can't take shredded lettuce off of anything. It's hard enough to take it off a burger, right? Right. I was I was livid. Like I I I uh, I never go back. I just never do. If I bought yeah. something for you know more than what fast food costs, maybe I'd think about it if I was wronged in this way. But like I I thought about it for a second to go back and be like, hey. Who? Here? I, yeah, I didn't think to order it without shredded lettuce because this should not come with shredded lettuce. Because I'm not a crazy person. Like I would have to say, yeah. uh, leave everything else that you have in there. Uh, don't put ice cream on my <laughs> Philly right. cheesesteak because if I have to list shredded lettuce, I gotta list ice cream too. You know? Yeah. Anyway, there's one. There's and uh, I've heard they've so- since stopped putting shredded lettuce on the Philly. I will never order it again. I, 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 I very likely will not go back there because you just, there's right. something there are, if you're doing that, you're doing a lot of things wrong at that restaurant. Yeah. They're, they're, the, their burgers are pretty good though. The tiny shredded lettuce is part of the problem of trying not to get the food on myself. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I always think like, well, they're going to put, less of that tiny lettuce on here they must know yeah that i hate it or that everyone hates it (laughs) (laughs) that i as an individual hate it so much but uh no every time just a bunch of shredded lettuce on there 
I just don't get uh, it. And write into us if if you're out there, if you're if you're one of those weirdos that prefers lettuce to be shredded. Like, doesn't everybody prefer like a a a, a healthy leaf of lettuce? Well, the thing that I enjoy, and this is the thing that Carl Jr. has gotten right, is they will put the leaf of lettuce on there. But that makes it easier for me to just chuck that thing in the bag if I don't want it because they it's too much lettuce. It's still too much lettuce. It's just too much lettuce in a different form. It's removable. It doesn't leave the 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 taste as much. You can throw it at somebody because you're angry. Like right. I, I I just I just don't understand unless you're having like a taco salad. Right. Well, having- and it must be it must be they sell it by like the metric ton. Because you never run out and you got to put it. That's probably why it ended up on your Philly because you just got to put it on everything. Yeah, so, they, they need it yeah. out of their life because the, yeah. it was probably starting to turn and like they just yeah. they were tired of looking at it and they needed storage to put like brooms. And yeah. that's where the they milk, have the shredded lettuce is where the brooms are. The milk's gone bad. And yeah. then, they, you know, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Narc Marks, everybody. Yeah, follow follow us for uh, follow our, uh, our our fast food podcast that we're going to start next. Um, yeah, hot takes, so yeah. many. That's actually called hot takes. <laughs> oh, shake shakes and hot takes. That's hot right. takes and milkshakes. There it is. That's there we go. Look at you. Yeah, I know. Marketing I'm I'm, I'm going to be a professional uh, podcast namer. Uh, that, but that um, Mitch Hedberg joke about naming uh, kitchen appliances. <laughs> it's a refrigerator. I'm yeah. going on break. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I'm I'm of course Dusty Godwin. I'm here with my buddy Andrew Idell. Yeah, I'm and here. and you, you can't de- deny me uh, the the chance to call you Encyclopedia Macho Manica or uh, that is my moniker. Encyclopedia Wrestling Fanica. That's my next one. <laughs> okay. I like so, that. Is you're we're two podcasts in. I've gotten six of those in. I'm gonna get as many as I can. I I, I will run out probably quicker than I expect to. Uh it is hard to uh I I, I encyclopedia it's hard to beat encyclopedia uh booty manica. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's uh very like it's uh for this particular episode, it's very apt that you that you would be the Encyclopedia Budamanica. I didn't know. I think I had heard tell of a booty man. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that sounds like uh, the way people talk to their children about La Llorona or something. Yeah. A booty man. Coronavirus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You if you if you stand if you look in a mirror and say booty man three times. A uh, fucking mullet-headed, fucking square-jawed, creepy-looking bastard shows up, and you're and you're just breathing and looking at suddenly, you. Suddenly, your pants have very weird holes cut in them strategically. Yeah, and you're wearing things under them. Like Booty yeah. Man should be like they they shouldn't have things under. He's later in the show anyway. Yeah. Um, 
What do we do on this podcast, Andrew? Uh, yeah, this is a this is a, re- a wrestling retrospective podcast where we go back t- through the stories and the annals of the uh, history of uh, the carny trash that is professional wrestling. Uh, D- Dusty is our guru. He's the Schwab. He's the uh, encyclopedia. He's he's the Rain Man, if you will. Uh, the good parts about him, and then uh, I am uh, like I said in the first one, a dirty, filthy pleb. I am a noob. I know a little bit, you know, I've, I've yeah. seen some things, but I haven't seen all the things I haven't seen most things. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to tell uh, com- captivating wrestling stories. So we're going to be doing a deep dive of 1997 in wrestling starting soon. It might be the beginning of that. It might be the next episode that we release, um, but we're also going to do one offs. And um, when we were planning all of this, I uh, uh, we were going to start with the deep dives, but I decided to start with a, a one off. Um, I, I feel like it would be a, a better place to do our first time together. Um, and I told Dusty, just give me a list of, of intriguing one-off wrestling shows. And I, and he sent me a list of like five. And then I said, okay, which one of these, these would the most people want to watch or listen to? And he said, probably this one, or what was the other one that you said? Uh, Cause the other one I had seen um, uh, Halloween havoc, 95 truck fight. Truck fight, yeah, truck that's 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 uh that's uh the giant uh, uh performing a miracle or being the recipient of a miracle. I think Jesus performed yeah. the miracle, but some sort of voodoo has yeah. occurred. Yeah, yeah. So um, we we went with WCW Uncensored '96. Um, boy, is it a is it a window into the past, Dusty? Yeah. Um, just to give little bit of perspective um when this event occurred i am 11 years old this is march 24th so, 1996 wait no yeah i'm 11 years old okay so uh and I'm that five. would make you <laughs> <laughs> wow that is <laughs> i was gonna turn well, six in august of that year but i was five yeah i'm turning 12 here okay Okay. In 90, uh, in 96. But at the time of this event, I am 11 years old and I am just, if there, if there's nothing that dusty can talk to you about at 11 years old, he will talk to you about wrestling Yeah, and mostly purely wrestling. So you were in the, you were in the pocket. Um, yeah, it never really took its, uh, grips off of me. From the moment I was uh, first exposed at my grandma's house watching Saturday night's main event where Jake the Snake showed up, I thought, whatever TV show this is where a man has a snake that he gets to put on his unconscious enemies, mm-hmm. I am I am here for it. And since then... Who could blame you? A lot of people say you repeat your past traumas, you know? And yeah. <laughs> That's... Uh, I... But from that to this is... Uh, yeah, just a journey of me. Just I couldn't be any more into wrestling and not into pretty much anything else. Uh, I mean, sure, video games and Power Rangers. I think were still a thing at this point. Big thing. You super me. into Pong? Uh, yeah, yeah. Galaga. Uh, but we, my first love the lady that I had my eye on always pro wrestling. Yeah. So yeah. I, 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 I was thinking about this because I knew you were, um, in the age enough to be like wanting to buy the pay-per-views and stuff by now. Um, 
WCW Uncensored 96. I know you were a bit of a uh, your your mom sheltered a bit. Um, did your mom allow you to buy a pay-per-view called Uncensored? I will tell you, I did not purchase Uncensored. Um, we had just gotten the previous November cable for the first time. And so, but because before the cycle was a new wrestling pay-per-view would come out, I would know it was happening because I would watch all the TV coming up to it, but I couldn't watch the shows unless I went to my friend's house or his aunt and uncle's house and they had it on, then I could watch it. Mm-hmm. But if, if not, I had to wait until it came to the local video store and then I could rent it. And that is how I watched that's how I watched all the past wrestling I needed to catch up on from the time that I got into it up to now. And in the November of 1995, I bought my first wrestling pay-per-view survivor series 95. But I didn't, I didn't purchase this uncensored 96 because WrestleMania 12 was at the end of this month. And I wanted to see Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart in an Iron Man match more than I wanted to see literally anything that was on this wrestling show. I, 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 uh, I, I feel like you might've made the correct decision. I don't know how that Bret Michaels, I, I mean, Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart, uh, Bret Michaels, the guy from Poison yeah. wrestled in that one. Uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know how that, uh, <laughs> Rose, go, I know a dusty Rose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't know how that match went, but I'm 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 guessing at least that match. This was this was an entertaining show. I'll 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 get out in front of it. But I'm guessing that match was better than any of the wrestling matches on this show. Yes, uh, no spoiler alert ahead. Yeah. But yeah, um, that match was better. It was also um, just it was easier. It's easier to sell to my friends to come over because WCW, even though we spent the whole last podcast talking about how they're on the come up here, unless you were a fan of WCW wrestling, it wasn't nearly as big as WWF. Because even though Hulk Hogan wasn't still there, WWF still WWF. WrestleMania carries some weight, uncensored uh, carries less weight. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that, so, that, that makes sense. And so I didn't see this show live, but I had an aunt who would occasionally record the pay-per-views for me or not for me, her son who was also into it, but she would, he got out of it. So he just had tapes. And so she would, I would, I inherited those tapes. So I had uncensored 96 on a blank. What was a blank VHS tape? But ironically, it had it started at the middle of Colonel Robert Parker versus Medusa. So I missed the two best matches on this show because it's about the giant versus fucking Loch Loch Ness was the best match on this. It uh, it, it was on there. I didn't get to see uh, Conan versus Eddie Guerrero Mm -hmm. or Steven Regal versus the Belfast Bruiser. Mm hmm. Uh, I don't know what happened to that portion of the tape. If they, I imagine the you know, statue of limitation has got to be over. I yeah. imagine they had an illegal cable box and they just happened to remember uncensored was on and they started recording from the, from where it picked up. Yeah. I was going to say this was the, this was a big illegal cable box era. Um, we stole cable around this time. Uh, uh, 
my dad, it, I, I know for sure my dad's not the one who figured out how to steal cable. Uh, sure. So I, I not not for any moral reasons. He's just he, my. I, I still have to set up the TV. You know what I mean. So, right. um, but uh, yeah. So I I would. That's what I was wondering is if you knew somebody who stole cable that you could get your hands on these things. Um, so were you like I was when I uh, the only era that I watched wrestling two thousand one two thousand two. Uh, I didn't I didn't watch a single pay per view that entire time. I just watched the weekly shows. So. Did you watch the um, the next day they had a show? Um, did you watch that and find out what happened at all the matches? Well, no, because interestingly enough, I could watch Monday Night Raw because Monday Night Raw was on USA. And I we got that with the cable package that we had. But WCW Nitro was on TNT and TNT was on like whatever the second tier. Of oh, yeah, was, yeah. And we didn't get it because it wasn't part of the the basic package so i would have to watch the b show the wcw b show which came on tbs on saturday nights called wcw saturday night if i wanted to figure out what had happened not the that ted turner really knew how to name a television show he knew what he was doing um but mostly what i would do is um I would keep up on pay-per-view results by watching the pay-per-views. If the local video store that I went to had the newest ones, or when we went to the grocery store, I would, ha- I would read the magazines like, <laughs> cause magazines were a big deal that I wouldn't buy the magazines. I would just read them while my mom shopped. And so I would essentially loiter and catch up on all the storylines did that was, that's that's like the the uh, the kids' way to steal cable. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, this or this I, reminds me of like uh, 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 Paul McCartney used to say that like if you found out that somebody across town learned a new chord, right. like he'd like hop on a bus and like yeah. uh, drive uh, ride the bus for like an hour just to just to see where this kid's fingers are sitting. Yeah, this guy learned a C major seven. Yeah, I gotta go check that out. Yeah. Um, are you gonna? Continue the trend in the podcast of doing a Beatles impression. I want to hear what does Paul what does Paul say when he heard he hears old Jimmy's learn the C major uh, across town. He learned a what? <laughs> Fucking hell! <laughs> what is it? He's either got to teach it to me or he's gonna live and let die. If that, uh, <laughs> that doesn't come through. Um, yeah, so it was. It was through other kids because there were a couple of kids that I knew who also liked wrestling. And so if they happened to have caught the show, because no one, no one, at least as I recall being a kid was as dedicated to it as me. Mm -hmm. So like if there was a barbecue or there was maybe a football game or there was some other, there was a kid activity they could go do. They wouldn't sit and just suffer uncensored 96, but I would yeah, because I cared about wrestling more than I cared about other things. Later on, when I realized that you could turn to the pay-per-view channel back whenever it had, it would be barred. It would be barred out the color. Like it would be color barred out, but you could hear the audio. I would sometimes sit and just listen to Mm pay-per-views to get the audio. My dad always talks to me about watching, hearing Howard Cosell call boxing matches. You got to hear Bobby, the brain and fucking dusty roads. Yeah. And I like, yeah and i know what the moves look like so it's like it was a it was like 
whenever people talk about radio plays or like fireside chats with FDR, like this is my fireside chat. Like, is your war of the worlds? Yeah, imagining a Hurricane Rana that I can see in my mind's eye, bro. You know, I wonder what the booty girl looks like. <laughs> yeah, uh, I bet she's hot as hell, bro. Yeah. Um, so, so those of you listening, uh, you you can go back to our intro podcast. We should I should have said this at the beginning. Uh, we did an intro podcast where we talked about who we are, and we kind of set the stage for this era. Like, what's leading up to this? As Dusty, as I as I understand, um, at this point, uh, WCW is very is really struggling. They had a big pay per view, uh, freaking two years before of of Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan. But at this point in 1996, in March of 1996, this is kind of their last hurrah trying to be profitable because um, WWE was um, kind of dominating the game at the time. Am I am I correct in that? Yeah, I think WCW. WWF. <laughs> Sorry. Or, so, yeah, uh, WCW is doing that they're trying to recapture the eighties Hulk Hogan's eighties, which is the Northeast and WWF always ran on the idea of basically a monster factory and mm-hmm. it's, it's plug and play. You can do it with anybody, but you have a strong uh, baby face or good guy champion at the top of your card, whoever that is. And it was for, it was Bruno San Martino, Pedro Morales. It was Bob Backlund. Then it was Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And you run a series of just monsters at the baby face and he overcomes the challenge. That's the setup. Every time new monster shows up, he crushes a bunch of people meets Hulk Hogan. He is the challenge to Hulk Hogan. Then Hulk Hogan overcomes him and defeats him. That's the formula that the, that WWF and WWF always ran with. And WCW as a Southern territory and, and NWA influenced and all that, you can go back to the first podcast to get a, a deep, deep dive into this, but they generally ran the opposite, which was they would have a strong heel or bad guy champion at the top of their card. And they would run baby faces at him to try to, because it was a more violent product. It was a more attempting to be a more realistic product. Um, and then the heel would back his way out somehow he would he would win by cheating he would get disqualified he would do whatever and that's why a lot of those rick flair while they're great matches a lot of those matches end in 60 minute time limit draws or they end in disqualification or they end where flair gets interference and flair wins because in the psychology of wrestling as it used to be the the heel should never have the one up on the baby face if they were to fight fair the baby face will win every single time 10 out of 10 times so the heel has to use underhanded tactics to get an advantage on the hero but wcw is trying to run the hulk hogan playbook and it works for a little while because he's still hulk hogan and now he had rick flair who's a great foil against him but the problem with the monster factory is once you beat the monster, then you need a new monster or you yeah. need to up the, the stakes somehow, you know, like Iron Man can't just fight uh, the guy from the first Iron Man movie. Eventually he's got to fight Thanos because once you beat Ultron or whoever, like no one gives it, no one cares about, it. no one wants to see Ultron try to fight 
Ant-Man or whoever, you know. That's why they had him beat so, the dude first. Right. And so also because that's just like your opinion or whatever, <laughs> you know, Calmer so, than you are right. So WWF is suffering because of the loss of all of their major stars. So they're, they're down, but they're still the marquee name in wrestling. Mm-hmm. WCW is coming up, but they are stuck in a bad model. And this is sort of the death knell of that model, because when we get to the main event, it it just makes it just makes no sense it's logically it's, at yeah, all. It's, it's an odd thing and uh the the way that i would like and this this would probably fail because i've never ran a freaking wrestling uh promotion before i would i i have some ideas sometimes <laughs> but uh some some wild ones but um i feel like a a a heel that that can win clean that is literally the best wrestler in in the uh organization um could make for some like really captivating stories and some really 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 adversarial energy um within a wrestling um promotion i i understand that i mean you don't want you don't want this heel to just eat everybody up and you only have one guy and all this stuff and um all that but I feel like there's some fun in just, and you know me, I, like I said in the first podcast, I always root for the heel because that's just my favorite type of character. I love that we'll get to um, uh, Diamond Dallas Page wrestling later, and he just keeps calling somebody in the crowd a fat pig during yeah. his match. I yeah. love stuff. like We saw um, Austin Aries get kicked in the face and break his orbital bone at, a, at an NXT show, and he's still freaking screaming at the crowd on the way yeah. out. Uh, with a broken face and i, also I just a great love... heel in real life austin aries i hear, but, uh, I hear. well a, a great heel which makes him a uh, not particularly fun man but yes yeah. within the context of wrestling it's tremendous yeah and i i just i love that aspect of it i love telling the the crowd to shut up i love making fun of literally like specifically one person in the crowd i i, I love stuff like that um i love mean characters and i feel like a a real heel at the top winning clean and sometimes cheating, like cheating if he has to or whatever, but not having to do it every time. Um, I think there's some, there's some cool stories you can read because it could be like an everybody's against me, but not like a whiny Roman reigns. Everybody's against me situation. You know what I mean? Right. And, um, but it's interesting to see, to hear about, uh, cause it's like old school movies where like the bad guy could never win. Um, that yep. was like early Hollywood. That was like a rule. Basically the, the, the good always prevails. And um, in wrestling, I just think the idea of just a dominant asshole is is so uh, it's 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 something that I would love to see. Yeah, and that's I mean, a lot of times the best, the top guy in a promotion was the heel, and the best wrestler was the heel. And like part of the heat or part of what incensed people is like Ric Flair could win clean if he wanted to, but he wants to cheat because it's easier. Yeah, and that like. And that it's in his blood, right? He just can't, he, he can't help himself. He's a habitual line stepper, yeah. <laughs> you know? but it like, and so now we're in a weird place where like Hogan at this point in WCW, he's used to doing things his way. He's seen it draw money. He's seen it make him a tremendous star. He's seen it make the WWF a million dollar company. And now the fans and the, the, promotion that he's with now are sort of saying like hey that doesn't work and wwf 
had sort of figured that out a couple years ahead of them. So like I, you know, I don't know what needed to change necessarily. There's a change coming in WCW that switches everything, but like you're saying the, whatever formula they were using wasn't working. No. And, and you know, there's a big, I mean, there's probably more to it than just monster factory versus heel champion, but like those dynamics are what generally makes the biggest impression on me. Whenever I think about the difference between WCW or classic NWA wrestling and WWF mentalities as wrestling. And so, uh, but uncensored 96 happened March 24th of 1996, a week before WrestleMania that year um, in Tupelo, Mississippi at the Tupelo Coliseum. You know, it's funny too. I, I, I was going to say like, I almost had a note until I, I heard Tupelo before I wrote this down, but I was like, this is probably in some like, like miss like down home at like Dothan, Alabama, like one of the yep. UFC shows was at like, and it ended up. It being does in- look like one of those, those like out almost outlaw UFC shows, you know, like the ones where they show the one from Alabama where it's like in a tent almost. Yeah, and know? okay, because they they had to do that one. I believe uh, Dothan, Alabama was they were somewhere else, and I can't remember where the other one was, and they got outlawed like that night. Or yeah. the like the day, but like a couple days before or something, and had to move the whole show to Alabama because uh, yeah. Alabama doesn't give a, a rat, yeah. doesn't they, give a good Galdern. You know what I mean? They don't give they don't give a rip. Now, if I know you were only five, I was at that five, point, yeah. But would you put down your thirty hard earned dollars if you saw the tagline for Uncensored '96 that said everything you've wanted to see, plus the stuff you haven't even thought of yet? Little wordy. I saw yeah. that little little wordy. Um, <laughs> I thought it, they would say something like um, like something outrageous happens, like in terms of like something naughty, you know what I mean? Because it's uncensored right. and they they yeah. they make a point to tell you a bunch of times during this show. <laughs> Anything goes. It's uncensored. It, it is uncensored. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't think there was a swear word in the whole God darn. I don't think I the booty, the, the booty girl showed no booty. She was in a she was in a uh, she was in a. a, a what's it, a ballerina outfit yeah um, she was i mean she looked good but she's pretty, she pretty girl not, yeah. pretty girl she showed much more i don't know if you're familiar with this woman um she showed much more in the 40 year old virgin as um i don't know if you remember in the speed dating scene the woman who that's her the that's same, the booty girl same woman the one where it falls out yep oh word that's cool yep. good for that's her man she's been she's that, part of culture She's yeah, she's she's in pop culture twice. At least so, she wasn't Gina. That's true. that lady's <laughs> funny from uh, Mad TV. She was G- very Gina. So yeah. uh, <laughs> you, you want to highlight those cheekbones? Yeah, yeah Gina. Gina was uh, um, Medusa. That <laughs> was Mo Collins. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, Medusa uh, ended up being Mo Collins. <laughs> well, uh in Tupelo, that tagline seemed to be enough. They got nine thousand fans into the Tupelo, Mississippi Coliseum. It did look like a packed house, too. It did. Yeah, there uh there were seventy three hundred paid fans. I'm getting this information from the history of the WWE.com. So uh take it up with them if there's a, a, dis- a discrepancy. But 
there was a hundred and four thousand dollar gate, so they made a hundred four thousand dollars and uh, a zero point seven buy rate on pay per view, which I I was trying to figure out. I was reading a bunch of on it, and a buy rate is a really weird uh, measurement, I guess. Which, but the best number I could find was that it came out to about two hundred and fifty thousand buys on pay per view. That seems okay. That seems pretty good, right? I mean, what is that? How is that in wrestling terms? In the time ninety six wrestling terms, yeah, yeah. In the time period, I think that's pretty good. Um, I don't know. I didn't write down any events near this, but for like a, this is not one of WCW's mark. This is not their marquee event. This is not their WrestleMania. So like, as just a random pay-per-view that's only there's only been before this one other uncensored uncensored 95 okay and then uncensored 96 so i mean it's got to be because they got somebody's got to get their eyes on that doomsday cage that's the only reason to buy this show is the promise of the doomsday cage yeah and you know you're getting there were a few names in that doomsday cage match um, you're getting them all, seeing them all each against each other. I'm sure that like Ric Flair, I'm sure put butts in seats still then. Um, yeah. he somehow people still like him now some, for some reason. Um, I, I know you hate the elbow drop on the jacket. I have to tell you that's an evergreen bit. That no, I, 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 I shit on time. it. I shit on it just because it's, it's Ric Flair's corpse doing it, but it is a, it is a funny bit. It is a funny bit. I'll get, I'll, I'll definitely like that. That's right in my wheelhouse is elbow, yeah, elbow dropping your jacket. That's evergreen to me. I, yeah. he could be 90 and if he drops the elbow on it, I'm, I'm there for it. It's so, probably better when he's 90. Cause at least he's taking I, some risk. Did you know Charlotte true. Flair's his daughter? Did you know that? I, you know what? It's not in my notes, but yeah. I feel like if I, I'll I'll put it in there now. You'd think you she'd know? mention it every once in a while. Every That's once in a while. <laughs> um, all right. So I one last thing about Tupelo. Well, two last things. One, I don't know. Did you pick up during the broadcast? It's Elvis Presley's birthplace. I don't know if you heard that. Or I not. did. Uh, they 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 mentioned it a couple times, and um, the Colonel, um, what's his name, Colonel uh, Colonel Robert Colonel Parker. Robert Parker. Uh, he he wrestled for Elvis. So, um, against a woman. So, um, yeah, 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 it is the the birthplace of Elvis Tupelo. He's caught in a trap. He can't walk out, you know? (laughs) Um, uh, so on this particular weekend, Andrew, should you have found yourself in Tupelo, you could have really made a weekend of it, but I'm going to give you a Sophie's choice here. You go to uncensored on Sunday. That's unquestioned, obviously. hundred percent. You got to go, but do you, on the Saturday, you're free. You're just in Tupelo walking around, right? Yeah. Um, do you go to the Tupelo Buffalo Park and Zoo? That oh, is a Jesus. historical uh that is a historical place there. Or, I can't believe there's an or. Or oh, this is because this is me a hundred percent. I'm tipping my hand here. Okay. But you're you're an autonomous man, you're free to do what you wish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going, I'm spending my weekend. You're telling me I'm going to uncensored on Sunday. I'm already hyped. I'm at, I'm a hundred percent. I'm all the way up. Yeah. But I get to also double head it with going to the Tupelo haunted castle. Oh, Jesus Christ. And it's just, it's just fucking Cletus from the Simpsons sitting there. <laughs> I'm dead. That's all, that's yeah. all they say. I, I died said, a while ago. I, I know I smell about it, but I, I died a while ago, man. I said, boo. Yeah, I was like, boo, boo there, and then he, how many times 
if you just stood outside that place, would you hear, God dang it? <laughs> you got me again, please. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe it. I uh, don't know. So it's a Buffalo, Buffalo what? The Buffalo Park and Zoo. And Zoo? Yeah. So there's it's a Buffalo Park the, and a Zoo? It said, on, uh, it, it said on Google that it has a variety of animals. They're, they're, they're barn animals. Like, who yeah. are we kidding? And they there's probably have, there's probably a tiger. There's probably a tiger with syphilis or something <laughs> like a, a, a sickly tiger that that'll make you sad. One um, tiger, yeah. But it, you said it's a haunted castle. That's what they. That's what they. Uh, I don't know that these places were up and running in '96, but we're gonna pretend they were. Um, yeah, uh, it does say haunted castle. I and whenever I googled Tupelo landmarks. Or Tupelo like uh, attractions, things to do in the town. These were two of the top ones. So goddamn Tupelo is popping, man. Uh, I wonder if they're still doing uh, what kind of ha- things happen in this arena because I, I I I don't know. I have heard to I, I I'm sure monster truck rallies. Um, yep. I'm sure uh, uh, the, the the rodeos they're doing there. Yep. Um, the tractor it's, pull. It's a yeah. It's a little small for Garth Brooks. Um, maybe he that dude Kenny Ch- he get Kenny Chesney in there for sure. He'll though. do anything. Uh, yeah, yeah. he'll do any darn thing. Uh, the the probably the guy, the uh, the Morgan the, Waller. Yeah, yeah, the guy who said the N word recently. I bet yeah. he goes to Tupelo. He's real big in Tupelo. Um, yeah. <laughs> and his his downloads went up. <laughs> of course they did. <laughs> yeah, I mean he just performed at Kid Rock's bar, I think, which also isn't. Of course he did. But and and you know. oh, another thing. Kid Rock plays in Tupelo, Mississippi. Guaranteed. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, the, he's the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> the prodigal son. Most uh, of those buffaloes came from him. Yeah. He donated. The, sto- the Stone Cold Morning Pimp. Of course he plays <laughs> in Tupelo. Um, that's where that little person that was his guy. That's where he's from. He's yeah, from Josie. Josie. Rest is in power. Josie. <laughs> that's for me personally. I can't speak on behalf of Snart Marks, the podcast, but for me, it's a rest in power to Josie. I'm I'm on board with a rest in power for Josie as long as we he doesn't have something gnarly happen in his past like Josie. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? This is all provocated on there not being like a canceling of Josie. Something uh, horrific happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? If the C stands for canceled in Josie, I take it back. Yeah. And so uh all right, but but, I'll, I'll be on board with that. And 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 rest in power to pit the, the old kid rock because Kid Rock was probably always a douche, but like yeah. Joe Dirt, Kid Rock. I mean, he's a king. Yeah, ball with the ball. You know what we I know mean? your name, Dirt. Yeah, who yeah. who could deliver that line better? You can't have Dan Lewis do that better. A, a shout out to uh, another podcast. I don't know how uh, kosher that is, but yeah, yeah, I've been listening yeah. to I've been listening to this podcast uh, where they break down Woodstock '99 because it just, it's of interest to me. Uh, how crazy that festival went, how wrong everything went. But I watched Kid Rock set because they have every every music, every act from Woodstock '99. They have their set up on YouTube. Yeah, and I mean, damned if Kid Rock didn't bring it. Like from his last stage, name's Rock, bro. From a stage perspective, <laughs> his drummer that that woman who's his drummer and has been his drummer for a long time, Stephanie something i can't remember she like nails it and his band is great like if kid rock if it were not for all the other kid rock problem areas if he came to near the town where i live and it was 20 bucks to see kid rock 
I'm enjoying 20 bucks worth of rock. Yeah, for sure. That, that, I that, can't because he's a terrible person. But yeah, he sucks. His band is his music. I don't hate at least that era of it is good. And and it's know? it's 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 stupid fun. And the picture of him walking on the beach with the high elbows is hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, enough to get enough. Uh, <laughs> enough kid yeah, he could have he could have lived he could have lived on that credit forever. Yeah, you know, just whatever. that picture. Is it a random yeah. dude? That picture goes viral. We all love him. Just shut your mouth, kid. Yeah. So we are uh, we are joined on the commentary team by Tony Schiavone, Bobby the Brain Heenan, uh, and of course our favorite, the biggest rest in power uh, to the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes. Oh man, I freaking love that man. And did is there anything like in the past about Dusty Rhodes where like I gotta? Walk I don't this think back? he's. I don't think that he's any more problematic than like an old wrestler would be like, there's okay. not a big, there's not a big thing. Okay. I don't well, think. I love this man. Um, yeah. I, I love his, 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 his hilarious and confusing use of the, uh, of the, of the English language. Um, I love his lisp. I love, uh, the, the, he talks Creole. Where's he from? He's from Texas. I love that. He talks Creole and he's from Texas. Yeah. Um, I love his face. I, I just love everything about that man. And I'm 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 almost glad that I discovered him post uh, mortem. I'm not glad he's dead, but like now that he is dead, I'm glad I figured it out afterwards because I would have been really really sad when Dusty Rhodes yeah. died. Well, and he's a he's a testament to like one of the best things about pro wrestling, which is like Dusty Rhodes is never he's not an athlete in the most technical sense at all, but he is even through the, the screen of uncensored, like when they cut away to him or you can hear him on commentary, that man has charisma that you couldn't pay someone to have. And he became a gigantic wrestling star based on that, like inherent charisma. He is, you can listen to him talk forever. You can watch him forever. He just has some sort of, magnetism that like makes him great for wrestling but he couldn't have been a boxer he could have had all that other stuff and it just wouldn't have worked yeah and you can tell that like sometimes um he allows himself to be the butt of the joke uh, i know a lot of wrestling announcers do that now as well but like um the 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 subtlety of a lot of the stupid things that he says and uh the um he's he's got this like weird vulnerability to him like you you care about that guy you know what i mean like he's just a nice man he seems like and uh he does and yeah he's the common man yeah. baby and he uh, even through this like in in his, in his technique of being a wrestling announcer he knew when to help the match in terms of like even if there was a little botch or like something like that or to get somebody over or something he he knows you could tell he knows the business like the back of his hand. Um, that's what I got out of it, at least yeah. uh, a lot of a lot of the time. Well, he was a he was the booker, which is the the matchmaker or the guy who decides uh, who wins and who loses and who's moving up the card and who's moving down the card in the most profitable years of Jim Crockett promotions in the eighties. He was Davy's mastermind. Dad. Dave one Davy Crockett's dead. Yeah, yeah. He, the mastermind behind a lot of those things and has a great, had a great mind for the wrestling business, had a great mind for spectacle and how to like, he created the war games match. 
which is like one of the staples of uh, NWA and WCW wrestling, which is like two rings with a big cage over it. And it's just, it's the best parts of wrestling, but he thought of that and was just a great mind for wrestling. So yeah, while his ability to call moves or maybe keep a narrative together, definitely fail him as a commentator. He, he just is so good at knowing about wrestling that you still want to hear what he has to say. And it's still enjoyable to listen to. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, when he came up with a war games match, he probably called it the war games. Yeah. Well, he said, uh, he put little inflection on things like weird inflection. We're making movies, baby. (laughs) And uh, also one of the top five, if not top three, uh, most fun wrestling impressions to do is dusty Rhodes just saying anything you know oh dude yeah he could yeah. read the dictionary and i would i yeah. would love every bit of it and uh yeah. um so this uh the, the there's a there's a uh a weird uh not weird but it's kind of a wacky intro of like a bunch of like cut up promos and shit and like somebody's like we cannot on we cannot coexist on this planet hogan yeah and uh it's doomsday and all that (laughs) stuff and and then it goes into uh you know it shows the crowd and then it shows the announcers and one of the announcers uh I, i wrote his whole intro down he says you're gonna see some of the most shocking some of the most uncensored wrestling action you will see anywhere or have seen anywhere in the world Welcome to World Championship Wrestling, where the big boys play. And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, where the big boys fight. It's totally uncensored. That's not even, <laughs> either, right? As, yeah, that's uh, is that Tony Schiavone? That's Tony Schiavone that said that. Yeah, yeah. I um, Terry Schiavo. I'm going to call him the rest of the time. <laughs> also, uh, I, Tony Schiavone. I love his enthusiasm. He lies. He lied in that intro. <laughs> <He> <laughs> lied <laughs> about everything. Whatever he said. What read the part about most uncensored action again? I'm sorry. Uh, you're gonna see some of the most shocking lie, some of the most yeah. uncensored wrestling action you'll see anywhere or have seen anywhere in the world. Lie, lie, wrong, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, because my immediate thought is, uh, like eight months before this in Japan, Cactus Jack <laughs> McFoley had a no rope barbed wire exploding death match. Uh, because if you say anywhere in the United States, it's still a lie. But mm-hmm. I guess you're you're better anywhere in the world. Uh, no, that's hey, a but, no. But but we had a, a boy wrestling a girl. I and and you know what? It was uh, it was one of the highlights of the show. <laughs> so after it probably after that, was it probably after, was. After that intro, we get the the first match. Hold on, hold on. They they one one more thing. Oh, so uh, yeah, uh, Tony points out that Bobby the Brain is wearing a leather je- vest or a leather jacket. Yeah. He goes, "Why are you wearing the leather jacket?" And he goes, "You never know." <laughs> and I think doesn't he say, "I don't want to get blood on my two hundred and twenty five thousand dollar Louis Vuitton suit or something." Yeah, like I think that. it's Armani. I think it's or, uh, Armani. Yeah, I, I just can't some remember, something like that. absurd amount of money. But yeah, he's leather washes off. Is what he said. Is that what he said? Yeah, he says you never know. I was stuck <laughs> on the you says, never know because yeah, there was a pause says, after that too. Uh, yeah, leather washes off, or you can wash <laughs> it or something like that. So we go to the first match, which is uh, the United States Heavyweight Champion Conan, uh, who's coming out. My note says uh, Conan looks like 
a Power Ranger villain because he's wearing a mask and he's got a jacket that's uh, just every color you can imagine, just all on every on every square inch of it. Yeah, uh, and he's wrestling uh, Eddie Guerrero, but uh, just bland, wearing a singlet, babyface Eddie Guerrero. He's not lying. He's not cheating. He's not stealing. This isn't the Eddie I know. He, no, I, this is interestingly enough i mean i know i keep referencing things from the the past but to, for context like this eddie guerrero two years ago uh he's in a uh tag team match where he's in a team called los gringos locos uh where he's wrestling in los angeles and the people in that town like the people at that arena they want to kill him like is he wrestling as a white dude he basically in in mexico he had turned on his tag team partner and unmasked himself which a luchador had never done he was under a mask then he had unmasked himself and said i am the son of a world famous wrestler i deserve basically to be a main event star and he teamed up with a guy named art bar and they became he's like i'm from texas i'm not from mexico dude that's such a good angle man that's and they like you can't do it you can't do it now because it's terrible, but like they would get in the middle of the aisle and they would pretend to swim across the border. Like they were, <laughs> Oh my God. Like they were heat machines, like Los Gringos Locos, this match people are, they, they want to see Eddie. It's a, it was a hair versus mask match. So if the Locos lose, they lose their hair. And uh, if they, I forget the the guys they wrestled. It's a great wrestling match, but yeah. if they lose, they lose their masks. And that Eddie Guerrero is just full of like charisma, and he's the Eddie Guerrero that you think of when you think of the Eddie Guerrero you really like. This Eddie Guerrero, like he's just there's nothing there's nothing about him that jumps out to me. At except least when I was the, watching it, except for the just the 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 oozing talent like it's 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 not like this was a five-star match but like yeah we'll see it we'll see it a couple times like um there's certain guys on this that you can just tell you know what i mean and uh eddie uh uh while like i said they didn't bring the house down uh completely um and he wasn't like eddie guerrero the whole time um you could tell there was something at least a little bit special about that guy uh, yeah, that's how I felt. Maybe it was just me knowing what he was informed oh, no. that or something. I have a note here because I was watching it and I was like, they it just seemed like they never really got off the ground as far as like a match because there were there's some sloppiness, which I I hate to put on Conan, but it looked like they just kind of had their wires crossed as far as trying to get something going. And there's a lot of stalling and it didn't really. But like when Guerrero when Eddie Guerrero got going, it was just like, he's so smooth in the ring and everything he does looks so good. Yeah. Like whenever he was in control, those are the best parts of this match. And the uh, crowd, the crowd was, the, the crowd was a little cold. Like there was a part where Conan had, uh, you know, Eddie had Conan in a, in a, in a hold. I can't remember which one it was. And Conan's like slamming on the ground to try to get a clap going. And yeah. the, the crowd was like, out of it and i was like man maybe maybe they're just maybe because it's the first match of the evening but it wasn't the first match of the evening um there were four matches before this and there were some big names there was uh dean malenko uh uh 
Jim Duggan, uh, Dick Slater. Well, I don't know if he was a big name, but he's uh, he's on this show later. Uh, Scott yeah. Steiner and then versus the Nasty Boys. Like there were there were some there were some matches before this, so I figured they'd have a little bit of heat already. But the crowd was a little flaccid during this match. Yeah, and part of that could be they're they're doing some stuff that it, a general wrestling audience at that time's not really used to like they popped big uh conan does a kind of a cross power bomb thing to eddie where he gets him up uh on his shoulders and then uh pushes him off into a power bomb yeah it looked pretty cool as a high spot um they do a superplex where eddie superplexes conan off the top but that kind of, that was real sloppy and it looks like it hurt like hell for both of those dudes uh, uh- I loved that uh, one of the announcers said that uh, whoever wins is the U.S. champion and the Mexican champion. Well, Conan was the Mexican heavyweight champion, but I don't know. I don't know enough about Mexican wrestling to know if that's a legit that like if he counts for all of Mexico or whatever it might be, or if he's even the champion at all, because wrestling uh, is also run by a bunch of shysters that is known to lie to promote things so i thought they knows? were just saying it because they were mexican i thought he was just saying like i didn't know oh, there no. was a tie-in he gets he gets announced at the beginning as the mexican heavyweight champion oh, also okay. but, he, but he only comes out with the u.s belt so okay. uh the, my favorite thing the announcer said in this match was there was some spot that happened where uh i where guerrero takes a some kind of big bump and uh tony Schiavone says he's got the biggest heart in WCW and Bobby Heenan replies and goes, yeah, now he's got the biggest bruise too. Which <laughs> okay, was that's like, yeah. that's, that's the, um, so we get to the end of this thing and it's by the end, I think they're, they're starting to get the crowd, but it it's, they're having a dragon kind of kicking and screaming. And, uh, Conan Guerrero goes into the ropes and looks to like, kind of try to leapfrog Conan, but he runs into him. And it's a low blow and Conan gets the pin and he gets the win. But I was, there was a second there where I, again, cause I think Guerrero is so good. I was like, is that really good selling or did he take a bad like fall off of, was there some kind of where he ran into him and he wasn't supposed to. Yeah. So there were two, there was, uh, he hit him. I, I wrote, uh, uh, Conan wins, uh, via, uh, Eddie Guerrero, uh, self-inflicted nutshot wound to the head. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. he he jumps and hits his nuts right on the face of, of uh, Mr. Conan. And then Conan falls backwards and Eddie's nuts land on Conan's head. Yeah, um, there's a it was a twofer in his twofer. <laughs> yeah, well, um, hopefully he still got a twofer. Yeah, he's done with that. But it's not a fourfer. I, any, yeah, yeah. I think I think he was OK because they did a sort of thing afterwards where, where Eddie got up and he was. He was playing that he was pissed because he he got he it thought seemed like that was the angle of him yeah. or something. So that that made me feel better about it. But overall, I thought I, Conan wins in 18 minutes and 27 seconds. I thought it's a little long uh, for me, and it just never it never got to a gear where I was really invested in the re- the wrestling part of it. No, there was there wasn't a whole lot. There were there were moments, but there wasn't a whole lot. Um, I do have a, and this is going to be we talked about this is going to be a recurring uh, segment or or a recurring theme. Yeah. Um, as we all know, uh, wrestlers unfortunately do not have the longest lives. If I see a wrestler that I don't know if they're alive or dead, I'm going to guess, and Dusty's going to tell me if I'm correct. 
I bet Conan's alive. Conan is alive. Okay. He's one uh, for one. He, He's had a rough go of things, but he is still currently with us. I feel like you're going to say that for everyone that's still alive. I, it might, He's it might in fact be the case. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that takes us to our first of like a million backstage segments. Um, my favorite being they they throw to the giant uh, just on the early, the early internet, just giving me gifts after gifts, but just the giant on a CompuServe computer talking to somebody, I don't know who, but yeah, they were selling these things and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about, um, the, the, uh, the hotline later, but, um, it's just supplemental income for WCW. They say that you can ride into this website or whatever. And, uh, is that what it was a website? Yeah, it was like the WCW forum, maybe some version of an early I, forum or something. Yeah, like that. and and you could talk to the giant, and you know damn well <laughs> the big show was not sitting there like before his match, yeah. just typing. Oh, I, actually, yeah, I am seven four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, I enjoy many things actually i used to be a basketball player i think it's <laughs> yeah. weird that like of all the dudes to have on CompuServe, because fine you gotta you're trying to get into a digital market or whatever trying to jump on the internet 1986 yeah. the giant is like your giant uh, no pun intended giant heel yeah that's in a match where he maybe gets to uh, wrestle for the world title the following night so it's probably just a and bunch of fuck you motherfuckers yeah why would you have the heel on the CompuServe thing talking to fans like that doesn't make sense like from a presentation standpoint and of everyone to do it no one looks sillier than a man who's seven plus feet tall sitting at like a computer monitor typing like if that doesn't bring the illusion of him as uh, some sort of monster away i don't know what does i want to see that man type you know what I mean? Like it's like when Homer the the episode where Homer gets too fat gets too fat to work, right? And the, yeah. the, the fingers you're using to dial the phone are too fat. Uh, that, exactly. He's hitting three keys at a time, and he's and he's he only types with his index fingers. You know he does. And yeah. this is 1996. Nobody knows how to type then. Right. I he bet doesn't the big have show his, can't type now, but he doesn't have his hand on the home row. You know, no, no he, like he's Mavis Beacon style. He doesn't. He does. He hasn't uh, memorized QWERTY yet. You know, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, I want to. I dude, I wish, I wish they still did stuff like that because I feel like that would be a great job for me. Um, responding to people on those things uh, yeah. as wrestlers, uh, especially as a heel. Uh, oh yeah, I, I feel like I would have a good time. I mean, we we would probably get uh, uh, lose some fans. <laughs> But you're, you're more, but the problem would be like they they couldn't nearly be as quippy as you <laughs> on the thing. So then it's like, man, Dolph Ziggler's really coming with the zingers, and then he gets out there and he's got to do the WWE verbiage or whatever. Why does he suck on the TV? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So so then uh Mean Gene Okerland welcomes in Colonel Robert Parker for his promo. And oh oh boy, I just uh I wrote he's already blown up he's already out of breath when he starts he's that's funny i wrote i both I, I didn't just write colonel rob parker i wrote breathy colonel rob parker yeah <laughs> yeah um he's, uh, he's oh he's also out there with uh dirty dick slater yeah. just as an aside is that what they call him dirty dick slater i mean are you shocked 
Well, I mean, he was a dirty man. By the way, yeah. Rob Parker, Dick Slater, both dead. No, uh, Robert Parker alive. Dick Robert Slater. Parker's alive? <laughs> yeah. He was 60 in this I, show. You know, uh, Dick, Dick Slater? Dick Slater, dead. All right, I'm two for three. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, I was Robert more, Parker. I was, I was sure about both of these. <laughs> sure. Um, okay. I So Robert Parker... Actually, I mean, it, there's no need to go super into it, but he, he used to run a territory. He's an old-time Southern heel. Uh, he's nicknamed the Tennessee Stud. Ron Hell Fuller yeah. is, his, is his real name. Um, and he comes to WCW, and he's got a stable of guys. And that's sort of his. He's a manager of all these sort of Southern Buckhouse Buck, uh, Dirty Dick Slater, this level of uh, character. Yeah, he's you know, 73, so. still alive. Good for you, Robert Parker. Yeah, he's um I just can't uh, just the whole premise of this story I don't think flies in 2021, but he's I think the gist of his promo is he is fighting for the masculinity of men everywhere that even in 95 he's basically he's calling people beta cucks basically. He's well, doing he's- it for dudes that can't do it. And he, yeah, essentially, that's what he seems like. He seems like he's fighting for every man who's ever wanted to hit a woman. Like that's the inspirational story here. And yeah. uh, uh, at one point, Dick Slater said that uh, Colonel Parker uh, nailed the head right on the head. <laughs> yeah, that's what I uh, and, and we're going to I, I, I there's a lot of these like uh, saying the wrong thing or mispronouncing something or something like that. But I would take that. Uh, in today's WWE in exchange for taking the script out of their hands and allowing them to, because a lot of this, it seems like the either um, some of it's off the top of their head uh, or um, at least it's a lot more loose and, and it doesn't, they don't sound like they, they sound like they're, I mean, it's the reading cadence kind of, but it's not as obviously, you know, scripted, even though, I mean, these guys are like horseshit actors and stuff, but like, um, it's not as it doesn't seem as robotic as the WWE nowadays. Yeah. Place. And I think part of it is like this story is silly. Like, I don't know that there's a way for you to sell it to me that I would believe it now. I can't speak for 12 year old me or whatever, but like, at least I feel like he believes it. And that sort of that helps like he's getting to say it in his way. So I believe that he believes it, which goes a long way. Now I don't feel like a lot of guys, what they're saying, they even believe to themselves. Yeah. So it makes it sound worse. Yeah. And uh, there's another thing we should do uh, kind of often that I thought about in our intro podcast. Um, Guess how many times Rob Parker has been married. You know what? I looked at his Wikipedia a bunch today and I, I'm going to say two times. He's been married four times. Ooh. Uh, who was the, 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 the first, uh, I, I got that idea from Harley race who has, been Oh married, yeah. He has been married three times. So, yeah. um, I think this is another theme in I wrestling can, that we can, can explore. I was going to ask you, um, what do you think Dick Slater's favorite band is? Oh man. Uh, Def Lep. Okay. I was going to say Molly Hatchet, actually. Okay. I, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, also, a quick note on Dick Slater. Captain Braveheart the, or some shit. It's something weird. Yeah. Captain Beefheart. That's Beefheart. Something. There you go. It's Captain yeah, Braveheart. Was, it's fucking Mel Gibson. <laughs> it's, uh, 
uh, one quick aside on Dick Slater. He was voted as part of the worst tag team of 1995 with Buckhouse Buck. So things aren't going great for him. Buckhouse Buck. Yeah. <laughs> I look. I didn't name him. He's Buck, but I do know he gets Buckhouse. So it, it's a good but, name. But I, I've never seen him. Buckhouse Buck is dead. I didn't look it up because he wasn't on the show. Yeah. I, 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 I dollars to donuts. It's likely that he's, uh, <laughs> yeah. he's not, he hasn't made it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, it's bunkhouse buck. Yeah. 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 And he is alive. Good for you. Bunkhouse buck. <laughs> James. How Gold. old is old uh, bunkhouse? He's 70. He's from, he's okay. from, he's from Bucksnort, Tennessee. <laughs> I, you know, that is, the place is called Bucksnort. Tennessee seems to be only married one time. Good for you, Bunkhouse Buck. Yes. Uh, so we move from that to like what might be my f- my favorite match of this show, which is uh, Lord Stephen Regal versus Fit Finley, the Bellhouse Bruiser. Belfast. Uh, Belfast. I'm sorry. And let me tell you, these two boys just kick the shit out of each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Uh, it seems like is that William Regal? That is William. It's the same yes. dude, right? I, yes. I was like, man, that really looks like him. And I'm not because I'm for those of you listening. I could look a lot of these things up. It is better if Dusty answers my questions on here. I feel like it's funny, um, especially if I'm like way wrong, you know. Yeah. Um, so I thought about looking it up, but I figured I'd ask you because he looks a lot like him. I always feel like William Regal looks like he stinks, like he smells bad. And I don't know why. Uh, it might be the face that he makes that because he's indicating that everyone else smells bad. That is, yeah, and I like that because he's a because he's a lord. Yeah, you know, I I feel like he's got a lot of shtick that you uh, that you could get into. Not so much in this match because again, the Belfast Bruiser is kicking the shit out of him. Well, he brought <laughs> he brought the Bruiser out of uh, Stephen Regal in this match. Like, yeah, uh, Stephen Regal had to de- get find his inner dog to uh, yeah. match the Belfast Bruiser. He had to come at him like another predator basically is what had to happen <laughs> so uh i liked i made a note that at the beginning uh dusty calls the lord stephen regal's manservant jives instead of jeeves that got a laugh out of me yeah uh, yeah and um uh the belfast bruiser comes out in uh uh half of sh- football shoulder pads he's only got yeah, one I, of the half of the shoulder pads on i look like i wrote that he looks like one of the knockoff gang members from mad max like yeah no he, it's perfect and on yeah. on his way in he slaps and this is this is verbatim what my note says he slaps jeeves right in his stupid british face <laughs> <laughs> yeah well he's wearing a powdered wig i feel like i feel like jeeves didn't do i don't know the man so i don't know if maybe he was incapable of it but i feel like if he would have done a back bump and his powdered wig would have fell off that's really what i'm here for and that's there's like it, a poof like yeah a, a poof of powder um the whole reason to wear the powdered wig is so it gets knocked off I yeah feel like. yeah i was watching uh the first um pirates of the caribbean caribbean yeah, yeah, yeah. however you however you like to say it uh mm-hmm. yesterday or no not yesterday last week and um uh uh kira knightley's fine ass her uh her dad in that in that movie he plays the high sparrow in uh in uh game of thrones yeah He's he's in the the captain's quarters and he's 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 uh, uh, quarantined himself off. There's there's skeletons all over the place. Right. Yeah. And the skeleton hands start coming through. Right. And they they're 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 mashing through the the windows trying to get at the the uh, I think is a governor. Yeah, he's a governor. Yeah. 
And one of them takes one. Yeah, he's a governor. And one of them takes his wig off. And he fights tooth and nail to get this wig back from the the, the zombies. Yeah. Just let it go, man. (laughs) They could probably they could probably make him another one. Yeah. Yeah. And is it worth your life, stupid? Like, do you think if if somebody (laughs) would have taken uh, Jeeves's uh, uh, wig, did Jeeves wrestle? Was he a wrestler? I that I don't know. I think or was he's like one of those like cronies who took a bump every once in a while. I think he's just a character. I don't recall him ever taking a bump. I think he was just like he was there so that Regal could play off of him, but not in this match because this was too serious a situation. It's yeah. uncensored. Anything could happen. Jeeves doesn't want to be out there for that. The stakes were too high. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. My guess Belfast Bruiser, Belfast Bruiser alive, but not from Ireland. Belfast Spurs are alive and from Ireland. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm giving um, myself because because the game is the 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 livelihood yeah. of these men. I am three for four. Yes. Which is better um, than I thought I'd be, to be honest. <laughs> so uh Fit Finley and R- Stephen Regal wrestled a ton overseas uh in England and in Ireland and and all around in Germany and so on. And uh Fit Finley is Steve Regal's favorite opponent, which I feel like you could kind of see in this match because they're they're definitely familiar with each other because they don't mind really getting in there and getting kind of rough and tumble, which is more a British style to really kind of beat each other up. Oh, okay. You know, it's it's less there's a there's a style there's a style of English wrestling called World of Sport, which is very finesse based, which you can kind of see Regal doing where it's a lot of like chain wrestling into different holds and you take a guy down and you do different stuff. But in this it was like, I mean, I know it's still cooperative and it's wrestling, but it was, it was halfway a fight. It looked like to me, uh, it was, it was knocked down. It was knocked down uh drag out. Um, Dusty Rhodes did point out that Regal is always full of pomp and circumstance. <laughs> That's a good I, Dusty Rhodes. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I didn't I even practice that. it. I, I noted like, there's little things in this match, like every time he pins, every time one of the guys pins the other guy, he just rubs his elbow across the dude's jaw, which like can't feel good. No, uh, th- at one point, Bruiser has uh, Regal in a in a in a hold and takes one of his hands off and goes, "Come on, Regal!" and just slaps him across the face. It was, it was yeah. I, th- I thought it was actually pretty funny. Like it was a good little moment. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "There's like palm strikes, and there's like he grinds." The, the the knee into your face of your opponent as well mm-hmm. which like again like none of this stuff is going to kill you but it also like it just doesn't feel good and it yeah. looks great i think that like at least to me i know it's not everybody's style but i was there's a part of me that was really enthralled by this match by just like okay if they're not if they're not going to get me with story and they're not going to get me with a lot of moves or whatever like the fact that they seem to really be hitting each other uh pretty hard and into that part of it at least draws me in yeah and there was a little bit of story in what we talked about where he's kind of pulling this out of regal like regal had to kind of change up who he was and and his whole style to kind of match what um what uh bruiser was doing um so then there's a uh because this is wcw and it's uncensored there is a uh, kick in the balls um (laughs) One of many, which uh, for, um, the, for the show, I believe it was uh, Tony Shivano. What's his name? Tony Shivani. T- Tony Shivani. Tony Shivani. Uh, I believe he uh, 
confused the stones with the gluteus maximus. Um, oh, and, yeah. So he first of all, he called it the gluteus maximus. And but Dusty Rhodes, because he's adorable, calls it the ludum maximum. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> I'll tell you, if someone kicked me in the ludum maximum, I'd be double over for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I got kicked in the Ludeman Maximus right now, I guarantee I'd be doubled over to, to for a long time. I the, the Ludeman Maximum. <laughs> I I put a note that it looked like the commentators were trying to cover for the crowd not really being super into this. Yes, yes, this was um, the match where that happened. I I knew there was a match where the commentators were like uh talking about how like the the crowd was in anticipation of the doomsday match. And they were like, there's, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot they're of danger in the, the air. Cage. Yeah, yeah. They're in awe of the cage. And yeah. there's also like uh, that sort of gluteus maximus sort of uh, tangent is, I think, because if you don't really know how to call that style of wrestling, that sort of grounded chain wrestling style, it can be hard to find stuff to talk about. So they sort of latched on to the, the mispronunciation kind of ran with that joke. It's yeah. Like. And so okay. and after, after that, uh, <laughs> Dusty was really on a roll in this one. And that's probably what you're talking about because does Dusty Rose, he said, uh, uh, he's like, they have beat each other. They've kicked each other. And you, you, you know, where <laughs> <And then laughs> he, he goes. So, the, and then there's a spot where Regal gets in close to talk to bruiser, like to sh- talk shit and bruiser yeah. punches him. And Dusty goes, when you take time out of your busy schedule, to discuss something, things like that can happen. Steven Regal wanted to, to soliloquate with him, wanted to <laughs> rip a tandem for something. Brother, he left hooked him. <laughs> oh, oh well, my goodness. When you take out time from your business schedule to discuss something, things yeah. like that can happen. You see that? Lost Steven Regal wanted to soliloquate with him, want to go ahead and rip a tandem for something, and brother, he left hooked him. What is soliloquate? <laughs> I, you know. And, I, I looked up both of these words yeah. and I can't find shit for soliloquate. And I saw repetend. I think he meant wanted to reprimand him for something. Yeah. But he said repetend and it was the greatest. It was my favorite yeah. part of the match. Uh, I wanted to repetend well, him for something. <laughs> uh, I, I probably think he's talking soliloquy, but a soliloquy is like a one. It's one person on a stage talking alone. Yeah. See, that's and what so, I, I was trying to look up like, like versions. There's no of the other word. words. I can't. There's yeah. no other version of that word. I can't I was, think. I was trying to look up versions of the word soliloquy to see if yeah. it was like soliloquate, like the like the verb of soliloquy. Was yeah. soliloquating. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, he wanted to soliloquate with him. Wanted to rip a tandem uh, for something. <laughs> I, uh, I have a note here that like at one point in the match, Fit Finley just straight up punches Steven Regal in the face and he starts to bleed all over the place. Out of oh, his I nose missed the punch. I saw the mouth. blood. I didn't see the punch. Yeah, he just like he's on the floor and Regal is sort of at the ropes where he's sort of leaning. So his face is right there. And Fit Finley just punches him straight in the face. Oh, man. And uh, I have some, I have a note because I so having watched this on the VHS, I didn't get to see this match, but they talked about this match at certain points later on in the show, as if it were the most brutal thing any human being had ever <laughs> in their life. Uh, like it was the, like it was mortal combat almost, yeah. but um, R- Steven Regal did get a broken nose, a fractured cheek, and he needed 12 stitches to close the cut on his eye. 
Jesus so, Christ. Yeah. So it, what a punch from the Belfast brute. He really is a bruiser. Yeah. You don't want to mess with him. So I then uh, Stephen Regal has his his the blue bloods which are his uh stable of guys yeah uh, squire david taylor and sir robert eaton uh come out and they attack the belfast bruiser and there's a disqualification at uncensored which i was very confused by well there was uh well, you to those listening who haven't seen this there is shenanigans galore on this entire show yeah. There's, there's every match pretty much it re- involves some shenanigans, but yes, a disqualification at uncensored is an anything interesting thing. Yeah. If anything can happen, it's com- it is completely uncensored dusty. Um, yeah. so I, so, they're not going to, they're not even going to censor DQ. If a DQ happens, it happens. Dog. Uh, that's true. Yeah. It's, um, uh, so, Dusty, Dusty Rhodes, another line, he goes, the Blue Blood, they're starting a little club in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the Blue Blood, Blue Blood's coming out. They, the Blue Bloods are starting a little club in here. <laughs> I, so a quick note, Sir Robert, or uh, Earl Robert Eaton is a uh, professional Sir wrestler. Robert. Is that yeah, from um, uh, uh, Monty Python? No, his because his wrestling name, he was beautiful Bobby Eaton. Hell yeah. And then he got a new gimmick when they put him with Steven Regal. So Steven Regal, he's from Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, Robert Eaton is. Yeah. And he, so he joins Steven Regal and Steven Regal knights him and then starts calling him Sir Robert Eaton. I love that so much. (laughs) And he's, and he has like a powdered wig and he's very like proper and stuff. It's a good, it's like, I put like Steven Regal, his face, his facials and like, the way he sells his distaste for people and his disdain and those yeah. that, like all of that's great in this match. And he's a funny, he's, he is a comedic wrestler. He gets how to be funny within the context of wrestling, not in this match in particular, but like the other things surrounding him, that Sir Robert Eaton, the Jeeves, all of that uh, is like, he sells it perfectly. Was he always um, I'm guessing around this time. Cause he was foreign. He was always a heel. Yeah, he uh he had a babyface run in WWE as like a commissioner type later on. I think that might have been when I was watching because he was around when I was watching. So and and he got good receptions. I love the wiping your feet before you get into the ring. I love all that stuff. Uh, the the yeah. pompousness. That's yeah. Um. So, uh, they they move on from that. I really liked this match. It's long. Uh, it's and it's not really. I mean, I loved it, but it's not really worth it to watch uh, in a vacuum unless you just want to see two dudes beat each other up in a wrestling context. But it is a DQ at 17 minutes and 33 seconds, which, again, those first two matches are just they're so long. Yeah, I was when I once I got through it, I was like, man, is every match going to be this long? Um, I the two which we'll get to the two short matches coming up are they you pretty much know these are going to be short matches before they start um but other than that every match is a chunk of time yeah and um interestingly enough after this uh the belfast bruiser goes on to form flogging molly and uh completely different career change for him after this is uh, okay that's not true no okay i was like do <laughs> what <laughs> What a turn. He starts playing mandolin for, yeah. for flogging Molly. Uh, the, uh, he seemed like a pretty decent this. wrestler. 
yeah he's um he's like i said he's steve regal's favorite uh opponent ever he works in the wwe now as a trainer and as a um a guy who puts together matches an agent and he yeah. he's mainly given credit for helping the wwe women's division be as good as it is now like he agents all of the female matches and that's like his big contribution so and yeah he was just this was him forever actually uh for you he was uh hornswoggle's dad hell yeah dude and wwe yeah so they they tied that together when he got to wwe but yeah i i thought that was good um but again like i don't know that you go out of your way to see that if you got other stuff going on yeah so yeah there's uh, not much here to go out of your way for to be honest Uh, yeah uh, we are backstage yet again for the Giants promo. Yeah, and I just put uh, Jimmy Hart is on Go Fast or something. He's, I mean, he's Jimmy Hart, but he is turned up to eleven. He's also he's also dead, right? No, Jimmy Hart is alive. God damn it! I'm three for five. I was sure. I, I wrote for sure dead for Jimmy Hart. Um, yeah, he is. Uh, he's on one. Is he always like that? Yeah, that's kind of his kind of his default speed yeah Uh, speed is his default speed yes and he was hulk hogan's manager before turning on hulk hogan to join with the giant at the aforementioned uh monster truck fight oh okay and he uh he at one point had power of attorney over Loch ness apparently yeah Um, um we talk about later we can get to that, yeah. But I like the Giants promo here. I there's nothing really here. He just screams for about ten seconds. I can uh, start with rhymes. I can start with riddles. Loch Ness in that ring. I'm gonna smoke you like bacon on the griddle. I think that was T. S. Eliot. That's yeah. I <laughs> and truer words were never spoken. Yeah. Um, there is a little bit of a hook uh, to this thing, which is whoever wins between the Giant and Loch Ness is promised a WCW title match the next night on their Monday night show, Monday Nitro. So there are some stakes involved in this thing, uh, but it it didn't, we're already, if I already paid my 30 bucks, I guess I'm in, but there's nothing in this giant promo that makes me want to see this match. Now I I wrote down wonder who wins that match. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Uh, and well, then, then do you have anything? Because uh, then it cuts to Bobby the Brain, uh, Bobby the Brain, uh, our our Terry guy, Tony, Tony, and um, Dusty Rhodes, and Bobby the Brain, because this is leading into the the uh, Colonel Rob versus Medusa match. Yeah. And Bobby the Brain thinks that Colonel should put down credit cards, flowers, and candy to prepare to prepare for the match with Medusa. Yeah. Um. He Take also, her to Neiman Myers, I think is what he said. Yeah, and he said that Medusa yeah. has has had uh, Tony Schiavone's... Tony Schiavone? Tony Schiavone. Schiavone. God, I need to write it differently. I'm going to say Tony from now on. Rosenberger. <laughs> Rosenberger. Uh, uh, he said that Medusa has, has had Tony's uh, credit card for quite some time, and Dusty is shook when he says this. I sent yeah. you a screenshot of Dusty That's- Rhodes' face. When uh, when um, the Bobby the Brain says this, and it is it he he just found out his dog got hit by a car, or like 
he found <laughs> he found out who won the 2016 election at that moment. Right. He, he, he saw he had clairvoyance, clairvoyance, baby. <laughs> uh, but he well, I think he he used to be a boss in WCW. So I think he knows how much Tony makes. So he doesn't he's afraid uh, <laughs> Tony's Tony's income to debt ratio is way out of whack. Um, yeah, so we make it. Ugh, to <laughs> hold on you, you don't you don't oh. want to miss you don't want to miss the wcw hotline uh oh uh, uh, is that uh, right here i thought i made a note oh so yeah i do have a note a, a wrestler a one wrestler might be taking his talents to hollywood and you yeah. can find out who by calling the wcw hotline dollar 95 a minute did you ever uh, call the hotline i never called the wcw hotline i was actually going to ask you this question but they used to in the back of the wwf magazine they had a hulk hogan specific hotline where you could play a hulk hogan it was like a virtual video game kind of thing where you there were like options and like you hit buttons to okay yeah you, yeah. you call in and it's like one for body slam two for punch <laughs> three for so drop kick, whatever <laughs> and um i convinced my mom when i was seven to let me call it one time yeah and I played the game because there was some sort of prize if you won the, the, the game, which, of course, obviously you were never going to win. Yeah. I didn't know that. And I called it and it soured me on the whole thing as a general rule. Because you and lost your match. I lost my match. And I think even in the, the, the seven year old brain I had, I was like, oh, this is a grift. Like, oh, yeah. I, but I, you know, whatever my they lied to me hulk hogan lied and uh <laughs> so i never called the wcw hotline this was actually a mean gene okerlin special because he had it in the wwf and he used to be a wwf uh announcer backstage personality etc yeah as did bobby the brain heenan they were both picked up by wcw once they were let go by wwf due to budget cuts so mean gene comes over to wcw and then he starts a hotline because he made money off the hotline. It was his, like it was his scheme. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was like supplementary income for him. And That's so funny. he would just make up wild things. I think he got sued at one point because it was like completely based in falsehood. So you couldn't, like, you couldn't win selling, at all. Well, not even that, just the rumor mill. It was like he was selling stuff, <laughs> the idea of stuff that was not even likely to occur. So, um, and then WWF did a series of vignettes bashing WCW where they call him Scheme Gene. You know, hell yeah, whole, it was a whole thing. But uh, yes, Mean Gene Okerlund. Gene Okerlund also opened a. He had a burger franchise called Mean Gene Burgers, and they opened one in Visalia, the town close to where I live. And I went one time and his burger was trash and I never went again. And I was like, everything's a scheme. Everything Gene does. <laughs> is. He is scheme Gene. Yeah. He's not on the up and up at all. Um, <laughs> Maybe so this wrestling stuff's trying to trick me. There's a little bit of a thing. Um, oh, there's a Loch Ness promo as well. After he sells the hotline, uh, where he has Loch Ness come in and again it's just like there's nothing here no. like there's nothing to sell Loch Ness is not interesting he's at just, all he's just fat and ugly 
He's just a he big looks, dude. Uh, there's a little like my, bit of a go ahead. Uh, there's a little bit of a joke at the end whenever Gene says, uh, "I know a guy that I can hook you up with," and he goes, "Yeah, he's a dentist. He'll love you." Yeah, and then he gets sort of a "Why I ought to look from the from Loch Ness." But, yeah, and he's like confused as to why. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was a. a it was a '90s joke. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so we get to Medusa versus Robert Parker. I noticed when they were at the commentary booth, they were selling this thing. They talked a little bit about Medusa's backstory, um, and they edited out WWF. It was WW, and then they they oh really F yeah. At least on my my version of it, maybe I didn't pick it they up want, right. But they want the, that uh, that third letter to be up in the air. Yeah, they uh, if they don't say the third letter, I don't know where to go. Yeah, they uh, but what happened was Medusa had gained some fame in WCW in the early 90s. WWF decided they wanted to restart their women's division. They sign her. Her name's Alondra Blaze. She wrestles for them for about a year, year and a half, maybe. Um, there's no quality of women for her to wrestle anymore because Medusa's uh, like not in this particular match but she's kind of a badass she's a she's kind of the standard of you could tell she was you could tell she was i i I was very impressed by her yeah yeah like women's wrestling at that time she's kind of at the top of the heap of those people and she didn't have anyone to wrestle in wwf and she had brought in some girls from japan because at this point in japanese wrestling there's a lot of really great women's japanese wrestling and they have uh so they had imported some of them but it didn't really take off so she was let go of her contract or they didn't resign her or whatever it was. And, but she still had the WWF women's title. Mm-hmm. So she shows up on Monday nitro out of nowhere. And is like, Hey, I'm back. I'm back from that other place. I'm here to kick ass. WWF sucks. And she takes the women's belt and she throws it in the trash, like a trash can. So that's sort of what they're referencing when they're like, Oh man, she's not, she's not the one to mess with. Cause she's crazy and she'll, you know, whatever. Yeah, so you could tell she had uh, a lot of charisma. She had good, like I love it when people are are walking down the ring and they're trash talking the opponent already, and they're good yeah. at it. She was she she seemed to be pretty good at that. I feel like this is a layup. She's alive. Uh, yes, Medusa's yeah. alive. She's got uh, yeah, she had good. Um, I'm gonna get you finger pointing. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I did make a note. The saddest fireworks I've ever seen for when Medusa comes out. Like it was just two little sparkler looking things. She's a girl entrance. What are you going to do? She's a girl. You're going to bring out the big guns for the girl. You know what I mean? Um, Also (laughs) on commentary, they mentioned that uh, Medusa has been to Japan and she studied martial arts. And at this point in wrestling, it's always funny to me because they, they talk about martial arts because it is a mysterious phrase. Cause they don't say like, she's competent in judo or she knows karate or she knows whatever some discipline it's just martial arts as sort of a ubiquitous term because they can't if she's not a real black belt in karate you don't want to say that but you want to just say she knows some kicks or whatever yeah and you could tell certain things in this show was during like uh the early stages of mma there were certain things that you could tell informed this so i'm i'm I, I i wouldn't have been shocked if they said something like specific but especially in the 90s martial arts was just evergreen like yeah. everything every, martial arts was just cool like the palm strikes in the did palm strikes were palm strikes in wrestling for a long time 
No, they didn't really use that. It was supposed to be the legal way to hit somebody because the closed fist is supposed to be illegal. And yeah, but... see, the, the and the referee made a point to point that out during the regal match. And I was like, they only allow palm strikes. And I looked it up and this was like when Pancrase was going. Um, so and that was like boss rooting and shit. But I think boss yeah. was a little bit later than this. But um, so I was wondering if uh, uh, one influenced the other in that. Um, but yeah, uh, the this match was uh, it was a it was a boy wrestling a girl. Freaking yeah. Rob Parker is a Ted Kennedy looking motherfucker, isn't he? I I, I, I put this is this is pure shtick. Like Rob Parker, he you know uh, there there's no match here really, and not nor should there be really. You know Robert Parker's old and Medusa probably kick his ass in real life, but yeah. I also don't want to see Robert Parker for extended periods of time kicking the shit out of Medusa. No. No, certainly not. And I, I expected Medusa to win this, but I didn't think about shenanigans. And uh, real quick, how many times has Medusa been married? Two times. Three. She's Ooh. been married three times. Yeah. This is a harder one. It feels like feels like three to four is like standard. I should up my my guesses because Yeah, the, the it's I don't know. I mean, wrestling's a tough biz. There's a lot of as we know, there's a lot of infidelity in wrestling. I'm not accusing Medusa of any any of this, but it's it's you're a rambling person. You're yeah. you know what I mean. The two of them have uh, have Wikipedia pages, so I'm guessing they were also wrestlers. I think um, one of them's a race car driver. Maybe one of them. One of them is Eddie Gilbert, a wrestler. Uh, they yeah. were married and divorced the same year, and then uh, she married a football player. Um, and then some guy named Alan Jonason, and they're still. It was like a monster truck driver or something like that. Hell yeah, dude! Yeah, he he pulled Medusa, bro. She's fifty-seven. <laughs> Good for her. Proud of you, Medusa. Um, but yeah, this wrestler, yeah. it was all gimmick. It was all like um, him trying to be a jerk, and then uh, she, she didn't she hit a move, and then uh, what? What he just rolled over on her. Yeah, well, he, she, she hit a German suplex on him. She suplexed him. That's what it was. Yeah, she had bridged, and then Dick Slater came over and knocked her leg out from under. Yeah, yeah, um, as Dirty Dick would do, as one Dirty Dick would do. But I did put, like, as far as crowd reaction goes, the fans were really into this, which I don't know what that says for you know, taste in 1996 but like feels like they were going big for every single move like medusa body slams robert parker and they lost their mind just the tie-up when he puts medusa in the corner they're like you better not hurt her or whatever you know nobody like, puts medusa in the corner right this is the liveliest crowd so far for what is the worst match uh, of the show but it's not supposed to be good so robert parker beats medusa via shenanigans at three minutes and 47 seconds which is perfect that's a perfect amount of time for this match yeah it couldn't be any longer and you don't want it to be uh, any quicker really um unless like you want to do some super wacky thing where the the bell rings medusa kicks him in a stupid fucking ted kennedy face and then pins him immediately and then that's it yeah Yeah. the um (laughs) so we move backstage again and not like uh to the road warriors yeah which uh I don't know if you've ever seen the Road Warriors. I'm interested in your thoughts on um, the Road They look like they're called the Road Warriors. One of them says medulla obligata, yep. um, and the other one says intestinal four dude. 
instead of yep. fortitude. Um, they have the opposite hair of each other. Yeah. Um, one of them's got a, a mo the Chuck Liddell mohawk, but he's it goes like straight all the way down his head, and he's got the back of his hair, like all of yep. the back of his hair is, is a, a bizarre. That one's that one's name is Animal, I believe. Yep. And then ironically, the one named Hawk doesn't have, doesn't a, have mohawk, a hawk. And no. it is it is the the almost exact inverse of uh of animals hair um yeah i mean they're subtlety. of the era subtlety Andrew. yeah i guess that's, i guess they're very detail oriented yeah um i put that uh hawk said in his promo that staying in booker t after the match is over are going to have to depend on depends oh yeah i uh, forgot about that <laughs> i didn't write it down but yeah yeah. Um, what if I told you at one point the Road Warriors were the biggest tag team in pro wrestling in the 80s? They were like they couldn't be any bigger. I not just physically, but as far as. Uh, yeah, it's almost it's almost disappointing. What was it? Was it the same gimmick? Were they the same yep. dudes? OK, um, Where, with the with the football spiked. uh pads and everything yeah Face not, paint, the whole deal i'm not crazy about the gimmick we'll get to their match i think they did a pretty good job in their match um okay. but I, I could be completely wrong in that you, i want to get i want you to give your entitled uh, your entire unbridled opinion you're the expert here but we'll, we'll yeah. get to that one uh, because next <laughs> you want to you want to tee this one up we've got mr diamond dallas page who is down right. on his luck he's lost all right. his money uh right. and he is he is in an i quit wrestling match versus the booty man but not an i quit match and if he loses via any way he has to quit wrestling yes that's match. i believe i think i wrote that down because i actually think they put a graphic on the screen that says it's an i quit wrestling match yeah um yes. <laughs> but uh, as, so if ddp wins he gets uh his he gets his money back and he gets the booty girl yeah if he loses, he has to quit wrestling. Yes, because uh, a, a woman's autonomy can be won in a wrestling match in 1996. And, and that's uh, the only believable thing in this entire wrestling show. That's true. Those I were put, the days. <laughs> I love broke-ass DDP so much. Uh, aside from Robert Parker, he is the first character of this whole show. He comes out, he looks like shit. His hair is frizzy as hell. He's got the worst tights a human being could have he looks like sammy hagar yes yeah um it did, so but I, I, lo I love it he looks like he hasn't showered in days he's he's doing it i had a question did he previous to this before he lost all of his money did he used to come out with a full healthy cigar yes dude i love and, it so now he's he poor and he comes out with a little like cigar roach that's all beat up like uh yeah. Like a red skeleton character, like yep. it is. I, I, I like a, that. I like he used that to one. have a vest. He used to have uh, rings all over his fingers. Uh, he's lost the vest. He's got no rings. He's just got pants, uh, boots, and a tiny cigar. And I don't and know if you notice his pants are split down the middle. I didn't see that. But yeah, it's it's very small. It's very yeah. small, but right on the butt, they're split. Um, uh, oh man do i hate the booty man dude it's terrible oh, man, it's so bad the the i i and it's not it's not like the misogyny stinks like i'm not into that but yeah. like it's it, I, I, if the misogyny was uh present and it was a good character still 
I'd, I would give the character a thumbs up, especially sure. with historical context in mind. Yeah. But the booty man is just such a bad character. And he seems to be over. Yes, I'll I'll get into that because I have a game in a minute okay. um, that okay. we can play and I'll get into uh, why that is. But uh, I put booty man looks like a dollar store Ken doll uh, in his outfit. Uh, yeah. it, also lo- it also looks like when your mom forgets to make your Halloween costume at the last minute. And she's like, ah, shit, I don't uh, hey. let's put some let's put some string around your arms and we'll like uh, make your pants look crazy or whatever. And you'll just go as like crazy man yeah. or whatever, you know, like every kid that like did like uh, just had some big pants and they were a gangster for Halloween. Uh, right. Like a bandana. Like, oh, we'll put a we'll put a bandana around your head or I've got whatever laying around like this yeah. is the laziest outfit to denote. Like what makes him a booty man? I don't really want to know, I guess, but like, there's nothing <laughs> about this. Yeah. Like, there's nothing about this that screams anything good to me. Also, this match sucks aside from Diamond Dallas Page, who's just the he's just the best. Like, he's uh, he's in an arm bar at one point and is selling the arm bar, but then stops to yell, shut up, you fat pig. Yeah. To someone in the front row. Um, he, and he does and it that, twice. There's two times during this match that he yells, shut up, you fat pig. Uh, yeah. In the same direction. I hope like, I doubt he was, I don't know if he was talking to a specific person or if he was just like looking right. over the crowd and saying that, but I'd like to hope it was the crowd. Cause I don't, I don't like the idea that he called a particular person, a fat pig. <laughs> in I do if it was 25 years ago, like but in the sense that that person's probably gotten over that by now. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it is, He's just doing great. Yeah, stuff. He, he's doing, he's, and that's the, he's another one of the ones that like really stands out in this that you know is like that's a special worker. Um, uh, there's a uh, well, actually, I'll, I'll get to it. Dusty Rose has like three different lines on this one that yeah. I, I'll get to, but uh, yeah, I put there's a point in the match where DDP, even though his career is on the line, is like, screw this, I don't want to fight the booty man anymore, I'm just gonna leave and like go work at a car dealership i guess or whatever yeah and he's leaving and his back is to the ring and then the booty man runs up on him and taps him on the shoulder and diamond dallas page turns around why yeah who else is it gonna be who could that who, be who's gonna be behind you but the man you're supposed to be wrestling for your career is it publisher's uh, clearinghouse yeah <laughs> i really hope it's the booty babe yeah. uh, just the booty babe i hate it that's she actually going, Di- he's so cute. Yeah, and that's Diamond Dallas Page's actual wife at the time. She slapped is, shit out of him too. Is is the booty babe? Yeah. Um, I put uh, no great wrestling. Uh, although this is the most WWF kind of match of this show so far, in that it's like a big gimmick thing, and it's all based on the booty man not wrestling but getting the crowd pumped up just based on i don't know being the booty man i guess mm-hmm. uh but that's like big 80s wwf vibes is like you put a dude in an arm bar or you do a punch or you do the thing where you put a guy in the corner and you hit his head into the turnbuckle 10 times it's like there's there's no cohesion 
of spot to spot. They're not working towards anything. It's just little things. And then, but the crowd loves it. So I'm, I'm wrong, I guess. Yeah. You know, well, that's, that's the only, uh, unless you're doing something horrible, if uh, you're trying to entertain the crowd and if they're entertained, like, but that means that you're wrong about, uh, well, that we, we are wrong about Medusa versus Rob Parker. (laughs) Also true. That's, uh, I put, uh, my last, my last thing for the booty man was, the booty man's a gimmick that an overconfident high school virgin makes up unironically or like, <laughs> uh, like a dude who's got his first girlfriend and he kisses her. And then maybe one other girl is interested and he's like, dude, I am the booty man. Like, yeah. It seems like, it seems like greasy, greasy nineties, like 40 year old man, like NASCAR infield humor. Like, yeah, I'm the booty man. You know what I mean? Like this, this, this right. the, the weird, like uh, the guy from uh, Highway to Heaven. What's his stupid name? Uh, oh, Michael Mullen. Landon. This is a weird Michael Landon masculinity. That it's just it's yeah. it's, it's, it's odd. Uh, but the the, the three uh, Dusty Rhodes lines uh, when Booty Man gets into the into the ring the first time, um, he's just like standing there shaking his butt all weird. Yep. And Dusty goes, "There's a lot of gamesmanship going on." <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to get they're trying to get in each other's heads <laughs> and yeah, like that's... like like ddp is gonna be like oh god i didn't know he's gonna do the butt shake thing and then uh that makes me so mad yeah and uh yeah. i i don't know what made dusty Rhodes say this i wish i would have written it down but at one point he goes this is about to tear a mud hole in dallas's brain thoughts right now <laughs> <laughs> and uh-huh. then uh i think it was Oh wait, no. This one is uh, not Dusty. It's it's the it's Bobby the Brain. He goes, uh, "Booty girl needs to go to a podiatrist and have her eyes checked." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I podiatrist. I love I love Bobby Heenan. He's got some zingers in this thing, but uh, he's I think this is mostly paycheck. Bobby Heenan. I'm hot and cold on him and uh, on, on this show. Yeah. To be honest, I was hot and cold. When he's on him. when he's good, he's great. Whenever yeah. he's whenever he's not interested he's still he's still quick because he's got that kind of energy but it's not uh anything to it's not legendary bobby heenan yeah so Um, uh this this is the match you want to get to the ending yeah so i put the booty man wins after sexual harassment uh and a high knee which maybe made it to the stomach that is it was not a high knee basically diamond dallas page calls the booty girl up to give her the what for and then decides to just kiss her without consent so Mm -hmm. the booty girl slaps him in the face as she should yeah Uh, he turns around and he gets need in the in the in the solar plexus i guess and the booty man wins right the plexus yeah so then he wins the booty girl which again not great, but also I guess better because she wanted to be with the booty man. Uh, and that was at 16 minutes, and I hated this match except for everything that Diamond Dallas Page did. Everything he did was great. Uh I love the down on his luck gimmick. I love it. I wrote down, yeah. oh I wrote, oh shit, DDP has to quit wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Um how long let me ask you this. Uh, you know, wrestling stipulations don't stick. How long yeah. do you think Diamond Dallas Page was not wrestling? I'm guessing he was on the next show. Uh, it was within the month. Yeah. So yeah, he at the next pay per view he was there. Yeah. Uh, uh, they they uh, has there ever been a high profile retirement match where the guy actually retired? Do you know that you know of? 
No, I mean, real Shawn Michaels held out the longest, but he did one of those Saudi blood money shows. Oh, uh, yeah, which is a bummer, but no, not really. I mean, I'm sure there are some, but it's, I mean, wrestling stipulations are made to be broken, it's part of heightening the story or whatever, but like it's, it's an angle for when it when it breaks and stuff, man. yeah. But we go. We go back to Mean Gene Okerlund, and I wrote, "Does Gene, does Gene get paid by the interview? He's like the only guy interviewing anyone." And, and, he's, he's, just const- and he's writing the scripts. He's he's like, and then you yeah. go back to me, and then this happens, and then you go back to me, and then this yeah, happens. yeah, exactly, yeah. And he's just constantly calling in people like they're waiting in the wings. He's like, "Coming in, here we go, Lex Luger, get in here." Yeah. Um, and Luger cuts a promo that I thought was pretty good. Um, Jimmy Hart is heartbroken because he no longer gets to manage Lex Luger after tonight. So he gives him his Lex Luger uh, airbrushed jacket yeah, as a keepsake, which I think is pretty funny as far as like things go. But uh, at this time, Lex Luger is basically, he's a heel to everyone else, but he is best friends with Sting. And so his, he's a baby face to Sting alone. So he's a heel everywhere else. Like he's fighting with Hogan. He's fighting with Savage. He's fighting with everybody, but him and sting are a team and stings like, well, he's my friend, even though I know he does some uncool stuff. He's still my yeah. guy. And so the promo Luger cuts, I thought is pretty good. Cause Luger got out of this Chicago street fight to be in the dungeon match or the, the doomsday match. And he's just talking about how heartbroken he is that he doesn't get to fight with his friend. Yeah. Even he's clearly doesn't want to fight with his friend so i thought good character work for that at least but lex Luger is also just screamy promo guy and it's i'm not getting anything off these mean gene promos no none of them i i actually do like less lex luger um he's dead lex luger is alive um he is not in i'm happy he's alive but that hurts my percentage he is not doing well not doing well Uh, no well, but, I mean, th- th- he did a lot of steroids. Um, yeah, yeah. I love the vanity. We'll get to it because they, they hit on it a little bit more. I love the vanity um, yeah. of Lex Luger. Um, so that leads us to the fifth match. Yeah. Um, we have Loch Ness versus Giant because I made a note that the the little key thing that they put up for the names of the wrestlers, it doesn't say the Giant. It just says giant. Just some and arbitrary giant. Just some giant. So they could replace him if they needed to. Yeah. And uh, this is a little thing, but Loch Ness, his music is actually, it gets repurposed for Rey Mysterio Jr. later in the year. And I just thought there's no way that there could be two more different wrestlers than Loch Ness and Rey Mysterio that Jr. That might be 100% accurate. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't I can't think of how you could like make unless they're different gender. Uh and even then, um Loch Ness looks like my uncle Steve. Uh Is your yeah. uncle Steve? All right. No. Cuz Loch Ness <laughs> Loch Ness is also dead, right? Yeah, Loch Ness. Uh, that's the one be, I was couldn't be was, more dead. That's the one I was most sure of was yeah. out of all of the ones Loch, Loch, Loch Ness is the most dead. I don't know if this does anything for you. I put Loch Ness looks like a Nick Frost fat bastard type character. If Nick <laughs> Frost from Shaun of the Dead okay, had, yeah. had a fat bastard character, that's what he looks like. Yeah. And uh, his teeth want nothing to do with each other. 
No, They're, they are not. None of his teeth are on speaking terms with no. any of his other teeth. They have more problems than the IRA and yeah. The, yeah. the other parts of Ireland. Yeah. Like they couldn't be more apart on what they think about each other. Yeah. There's uh, no brinksmanship. They are going no, for it. No. Uh, what is it? Israel and Pakistan have more things they can agree on <laughs> yeah. than the Loch Ness. Teeth. They're closer to coming together than Loch yeah. Ness's teeth. Uh, um, this match is bullshit. It is nothing. Um, I put there's one great bump in this match, which the giant did, where he tried to do a splash and he flipped over the rope. Like it looked really yeah, impressive. It was pretty good, but it was also stupid as hell. Like why? Because you could get hurt. He's a giant. He's he's giant. So yeah. like. Why do it in this match of all things for nothing? And the giant. Because he's on the way up and he's about I, to wrestle Ric Flair. You got to do something. He's wrestling Ric Flair on Nitro. You know what I mean? Yeah. The giant does the worst looking like sidekick ever to get Loch Ness down. Yeah. It wasn't and a good one. Hits him with a leg with also a terrible looking leg drop uh, and pins him in like two minutes and 37 seconds. And then he looks into the camera and goes, Hogan, that one was for you. Uh, after he leg drops him. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I wrote before the match started, I wrote the giant wins this one in a squash uh, because I, 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 I was writing all the, uh, all of the results down and I wrote this one down before the, the match. Uh, they, yeah. they telegraphed it a little bit. You know what I mean? And, and guys like the Loch Ness don't have long matches. No, uh, he was very he was very famous in England for many many years as a wrestler. His name was Giant Haystacks. Okay, um, I feel like I might have heard that name before. How old was Loch Ness during this event? Oh shoot, thirty six, forty nine. I'm proud of him for even still yeah. being around at that time. He he only lived. Th- Two and a half years longer than that. Yeah, after this. died on November 29th, 1998 of lymphoma, which I have to, I mean, it's a bummer to think about. I have to imagine he had during this match against the giant. Oh man, he, uh, 49. That's impressive, man. Yeah. It was a bad match, but like it was, imp- it was impressive. Yeah. It's so the giant will face Ric Flair tomorrow on nitro for the world title. Um, we which has zero fanfare. They don't. I mean, they talk about it, but they they don't hype it as something that's worth hyping who, necessarily. Who won that match? Um. Oh, I have that at the end, oh, okay. so I will. Uh, I will let you know. But uh, so then we go to Lee Marshall. So Mean Gene isn't the only guy interviewing people. Lee Marshall was the voice of Tony the Tiger. Just so you know, for a long time, he's great. Yeah, um, <laughs> I put there's a really funny thing. I don't know if you noticed it behind Lee Marshall. There's a uh, like a whiteboard and it has the plan of the bad guys for the doomsday cage. Like they wrote up plays on the back of. This. Oh, that's funny. No, I didn't see that. that that's a good yeah. touch. I like that. Uh, so he interviews Sting and Booker T and Booker T does a lot of bad sort of uh, ebonic or rapping sort of it's on like neck bone uh is a thing he says yeah a couple I, of times. I wrote down that i'm uh booker t's blackness only makes me uncomfortable because i know the demographic here 
yeah. like who he's playing to and a, a bunch of molded hillbilly saying ain't no thing but a chicken wing on a string uh definitely yeah. came from like the, the, he created that yeah. uh and and i just don't want to hang out with any of those guys who are doing booker t impressions you know what i mean yeah well and sting i mean luckily he he doesn't do it a lot but he seems to sort of at first match that energy and oh, i was man. like i really hope sting doesn't uh you know count in like l- lyrics to gin and juice or something yeah, on this yeah. Thing. um this is i don't know if you're familiar with this sting this is good guy surfer bright colored clothes sting yeah and i wrote down the 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 uh the crow was already out at this time the movie the crow was out yes it is yeah. a definite ripoff so um uh I, I expected when I, when I saw when I saw him the first I because I'm not I, I've seen the crow but like I I didn't know exactly when it came out time wise and like when I saw Sting on this I was like oh shoot the crow must not have came out yet but the crow had been out for like two years when the show was on so yeah that's so but so a we, lot of charisma from the Sting a lot of charisma yeah big uh if he's not saying much he's at least got big energy yeah you, you know? can tell you can tell he's He's uh he's he's another one of those like standouts. Yeah. So and Booker T too. Booker, Booker yeah. T uh uh you could tell was a, a, a step above some of the other guys on the show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So we jump to the Chicago street fight that like it might still be going on. I don't know. Is it it's any... yeah. It, it it never. It was the the match that never ended. Yeah. Um. So the Road Warriors are at this point a legendary team, but they are they are in my mind past their expiration date. Okay, and they are uh, on name value alone. Uh, the sort of thing is staying got abandoned by Lex Luger, didn't have a partner. They had already signed up for the street fight against the Road Warriors. Booker T is in another tag team with his brother called Harlem Heat. He agrees to tag with Sting on under the. Uh, like promise that then Harlem Heat gets a tag title shot against Sting and Lex Luger. Uh, okay. Win. Okay. So that's what kind of gets us here. Um they do a lot of to what looked like to me a lot of sloppy fighting. There's some good stuff, but a lot of it just seemed like they weren't they weren't coordinating what they were doing very well. Yeah. And, and there so was a, a lot there was of cross wires. Yeah. And there was a genuine botch or two um, yeah. in, in this match. Um, but there was some there. I thought there was some good stuff. There's a way too many nut shots, way too many yeah. in the dick and this, in this match. And I don't like that. They, the split screen they used, I, I made it really hard for me to watch uh, most of this match and the referee, there's only one referee, which makes no logical sense if you can get pinned anywhere. Yeah, one of them time. brought that. One of the announcers brought that up too. Yeah, I. Uh, so I, there's some classic stuff in here, like Hawk uh, of the Road Warriors. He, one of his big things is if you power drive Hawk, uh, he does not sell it. So it like doesn't hurt him. So he gets dropped on his head a couple of times in this match, and he just gets right back up, which is normally a big. Yeah, like crowd reaction spot for him, but I think there's so much going on that people can't really see what's like. They can't focus in on that. There's yeah, four match, dudes in the ring at a lot. Four dudes in the ring is a lot. At even once. though there was a maximum of two fights happening at a time, 
it seemed like everything was so spread out a lot of the time. Um, uh, Bobby, the brain says that you need to get it a two on one, uh, maybe even a three on one, which was weird because there's only, you know, two people per team. And he right. said, but once you get the one down first, you got to go through his pockets. Yeah. <laughs> right. Cause it's a street fight. You got to get so, some change. You got to get some, yeah. the credit maybe, card. Maybe he has a switchblade of some kind. Yeah. Uh, I put there's a rope break in this match uh, at one point, which again is weird because it's a Chicago street fight and it's uncensored. So it's like dudes in a submission hold that he gets to the ropes and they let him go. There were actually two of them. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. There's one with the leg, one with the hand. Uh, I also made note that Booker T is so athletic in this match. Like you could clearly see he's something special, but like the only way he could really show his athleticism here is to do like unnecessary spins when he does his moves. Yeah. So it's like, instead of just a kick, he like does a flip around and then hits you with a kick. Yeah. And, and he did, he did half a, what's, what's the other name for a spin Rooney? What's the, Oh, uh, I only know it as a spin Rooney, but it's like the break dance move. Yeah. Like, I can't remember what the, no, they, they, they called it something, uh, on whirly the, bird. Whirly bird. There you yeah, go. Yeah. yeah. Dusty Rhodes he, called him. He was, he was trying to whirly bird him. Yeah. And he but, did, he yeah. did like half of it and like his leg hit one of the road warriors and he kind of just gave up on it. Well, that's what I mean by like, everybody was kind of in everybody's way. Like it didn't seem like they planned a lot of uh, like moving out of the way or like I was, I was worried for him sometimes. Like they looked like they were going to run into each other or somebody was going to get, you remember that uh you ever see that injury where Nate Quarry was training uh during the uh Ultimate Fighter and a dude got taken down and fell into his ankle and like twisted his ankle because oh, he, yeah. he didn't see him coming. I thought like one of those things is definitely gonna happen. That type of stuff thing. happens a lot in like in training. It's in, not as much now because they're a lot more careful than they used to be. But um yeah, um I've 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 definitely seen a lot of that. They and they were like dangerously close to doing some of that stuff in this match. Yeah, I put uh, at one point one of Sting goes back backstage where there's I don't know infinite amount of things you could use to injure another person, and he comes back out with brooms and they yeah. just hit each other with brooms. For yeah, a I wrote while. down. I, Sting comes out with not one but two brooms. But he then got, he doesn't give a broom to Booker T. He just keeps hitting them with both brooms. With both brooms in both in in his hands. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Um, it's so. The so this thing sort of I I mean maybe I'm underselling it or I was tired when I watched it but this thing sort of ambles on for a long time uh, and then they get to where the best part of this match happens where they get backstage and it's animal Road Warrior animal and Booker T and Lex Luger is preening in a mirror yeah and animal runs into Lex Luger and knocks him into some trash and that infuriates Lex Luger um. I, what did he say here? Oh, he, he ruined my sheen. Yeah, he <laughs> ruined my he... sheen. That was that was the line of the match. He said it twice too because I think he knew it was a good one. Yeah. Um. So then they, uh, Steve Ray Booker T's partner shows up, uh, and him and Booker T and uh, Lex Luger all beat up Animal and handcuff him backstage, um, so that he can't get out. And then pole, Steve Ray. Yeah. Yeah, and then Stevie Ray runs out and seems to whack the shit out of Hawk with a chair. He got him good uh, in the, I think, the back of the head, if I remember properly. Yeah, which I, the lip of that chair seemed like it not, it, 
did some damage. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Booker and Sting pins uh pin pins Hawk and Sting and Booker T win the street fight at 29 minutes and 33 seconds. I wrote so long. Yeah. Um but I thought an interesting part of it was that like for character reasons sting doesn't actually see the cheating that occurs because he got thrown into like a guardrail or something so he uh, doesn't okay. see the cheating so he still gets to maintain being a baby face yeah like but he ends up winning through nefarious means um because every single match has to have shenanigans look it's uncensored Andrew, there's, I, don't there's know. No, I guess that's true they, they when, when he brought out when he brought out the brooms, uh, uh, the uh, Terry or Tony, Tony was yep. like, uh, Tony was like, uh, 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 you usually are not allowed to do that. <laughs> and then, uh, I, I didn't hear that, but that's yeah. tremendous. And D- Dusty was like, Sting went back and came back with a broom, came back with some plunder. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, he's a plundering. They are yeah. plundering. Uh, uh, so then we get to what is uh the reason we are all here the alliance to end hulkamania versus the mega powers in the doomsday triple cage uh that is four stories that is that's so important they have michael buffer the lesser buffer yeah um at that point at that point the only buffer though at that point the only buffer come out to announce the main event and i like I just feel, I felt so bad for Michael Buffer. Like he has to feel ridiculous. Well, and during this match, at one point, he gets accosted by uh, Hulk Hogan. Right. That's yeah. right. So, so that he must have got hazard pay. But imagine, yeah. like you, you promote the biggest boxing matches in the world, yeah. and you announce the biggest events in the world, and now you have to announce the alliance to end Hulkamania versus what he keeps calling the Mega Force, which is wrong uh they're the mega powers they're not the mega force and he ain't bruce no he said it th- yeah he you want a young j check good luck yeah <laughs> but uh i the alliance and hulkamania i got a kick out of there and tr- the announcing uh nature boy rick flair comes out and of course he comes out with woman and miss elizabeth because rick flair even when he's about to enter the most dangerous match in history has to have women with him so you know that he's the nature boy stick to the bit dude stick to the bit um arn anderson comes out completely he's not into it at all he's wearing a sweater he's (laughs) he looks like he just like they were like hey arn you want to be in this doomsday match all right yeah Yeah, i guess so uh taskmaster kevin sullivan who's the leader of the dungeon of doom and also the alliance to end hulkamania yes um lex luger comes out and then the where bruce buffer really gets to shine is from some unknown part of the of the planet unknown part of the planet yeah ming comes out uh Mm. he gets announced you say ming ming m-e-n-g okay okay um and then a man banned from every country the barbarian uh banned from uh, every country he's currently in a country yeah, maybe it's nearly every country, but I just got a kick out of how does he know that? 
Yeah. So just well, and how passport do you have, has a bunch of X's through it. And how do you have the time to be banned from every country? Yeah. There's a lot of countries. <laughs> There's a lot of countries. Zaire, what'd you do in Zaire? Yeah. Uh, Z Gangster, yeah. who is Zebo from Friday. Debo. That is Debo. <laughs> that is Debo. Dude, I, I was like, is that freaking Debo? Okay. Debo. I, then I, I need this to not count against me because I wrote okay. Z Gangster alive. <laughs> right but, but Debo now died know, like three Debo months ago dead. yes okay i um, i was like that guy looks familiar and i think it's debo but there's <laughs> no way that debo was a wrestler and i didn't know yeah he was a wrestler he was in the movie no holds barred with hulk hogan and then had a brief run in wwe in the 80s as zeus uh God and if you want to do a quick google search of zeus pro wrestler i think you're going to want to uh, get your eyes on that. D- Debo but, say shut the fuck up. I'll yeah. But when you yeah. leave, I'll be talking again. I'll be talking again. It's like both of ours. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this is before or after he stole Craig's bike, but uh, <laughs> the oh, he's uh, a monster. Yeah. Um, did he, would, was he cross-eyed? Oh, yeah. Didn't you hear Bobby Heenan say uh, Z Gangster's got one eye on Hulk Hogan and one eye on everybody else? (laughs) Okay, Uh, okay. And then finally, the ultimate solution. um, The worst wrestling name ever. Worse than Booty Man, I think. Well, originally his name was The Final Solution. Oh, you can't do that, though. (laughs) No, you can't. No, no, you can't. Um, Oh, man. And he this this man his real name is jeep swanson that's probably not his real name he went by jeep swanson jeep um he played bane in the batman and robin movie that had arnold schwarzenegger in it that's like his other queen to fame <laughs> okay jeep Swanson. so is it spelled like jeep like the car brand J-E-E-P. you know it yep you All currently right. have a jeep swanson dude hell yeah um, dude so it's those eight guys, including Ric Flair, who's a 13-time world heavyweight champion, also the current heavyweight champion. It's those eight dudes against Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah, and uh, just just to get this out of the way, uh, the Taskmaster is alive. Yep. I didn't write them all down. Um, I put there is no way Ultimate Solution is alive. <laughs> he is not, no. Okay. Um, that is hell. Arn Anderson dead. Arn Anderson alive. Okay, so I'm two for three there. Two for three. Currently Cody Rhodes manager in AEW. I didn't write them all down. Um, so I think that's all the ones I have. I'm seven for eleven. Okay. Um, that's not too bad. That gets you in the bigs. Yeah, I buy a lot. I mean, I'm, a, yeah. I'm, a, I'm the greatest of all time at seven for eleven. I think oh, oh, but we didn't do the Road Warriors. Um okay. Animal Dead. Uh, 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 hawk alive both dead both dead okay 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 eight eight for 12 no no eight for 13 um and then the okay so the faces of fear yes Ming and the barbarian Ming and the barbarian the bigger one barbarian and from every country alive okay i didn't have a guess for the other guy so i will keep i will i will just eight for 14 i believe that's where i i think that's the last one i had um uh, yeah okay also uh just for your own edification ming alive okay 
Thank you. So, um, uh, and just, they kept talking about Pillman. Is that the guy you can't power bomb? No, that's Kidman. See, so I, that's, <laughs> I always get it wrong. It was close. Okay, you can't say Kidman. You can't power bomb. Yeah. Um, no, Brian Pillman was uh, a member of the Four Horsemen, which is Ric Flair and Arn Anderson's like group of guys. Okay. But he was running a gimmick where he was like a crazy guy and was actually. So he just wouldn't show up sometimes? Yeah. And was convincing people he was really crazy. So they had advertised him for this match, but then they were like, well, we don't know if he's going to actually like show up for this match. So I don't think they knew legitimately what was going to happen. So that's why they kept bringing it up because they were like, maybe he'll, I don't know, pop out of somewhere or whatever. (laughs) Um, I put Doomsday Cage cool question mark idea cool um uh because i i I even thought like oh this is a a a new wrinkle but um first of all when you start seeing people stepping on that on that mesh floppy ass uh uh, cage stuff you lose it because they just can't do anything athletic on that that's why i'm guessing that's why they eventually moved the match to the ring and um i was thinking about it and anybody in the arena when they were on the top level just yeah. plain can't see what's happening because you can see well, through a cage but you can't see through three of them at once you know what i mean yeah and i wrote you you pay to see hulk hogan and randy savage and you get to see him through chain link cage like if you're on the other side of the arena good luck you have there's no vantage point yeah so which i like, which makes me happy that they moved this out to the ring just for the fans sake at least and for the wrestling sake because you just can't wrestle yeah. in a cage like that yeah, and it's like I mean, there's a there's a part where they put double figure fours. Uh, Ric Flair and Arn Anderson put figure fours on uh, Randy Savage and Hulk Hogan on that top level of that cage. Yeah, and that's basically all you can do. Uh, and I think the announcers even say like, cut off a piece of your chain link fence and lay it down on the ground and go body slam your friend on it. See how it feels <laughs> or whatever, you know. And uh, I wrote Arn Anderson's just he's just trying not to get hurt in this match like there's a part where so essentially you have to you start at the top cage hulk hogan and randy savage start at the very top of this cage which i i agree is cool in theory but like a cage on top of a cage on top of another cage it starts to be less cool like it just once you get to the next ones you have to you have to uh find something fresh on the way down and stuff right uh so the rake flair and arn anderson are on the very top level and you there's a trap door so then hulk hogan they have to descend it's like the movie the raid you have to fight your way through all the levels to the bottom and there's different guys in different levels but arn anderson he doesn't want to be up there he's not doing anything which Mm -hmm. to his credit i don't i don't blame him but when hulk hogan and randy savage escape his cage and they get down to where the faces of fear are and they get over to the next cage once they get through there you could see the faces of fear helping arn anderson get down like he, he <laughs> because he's he's not gonna blow his knee out trying to land on this mesh i'm gonna go take like, a nap <laughs> yeah from like three feet up so uh th- this match sucks it just sucks every, every especially everything in the cage sucks uh they they the the my favorite part of the cage and i, I it was is some even hard to see there's a part where macho when they're on the top level macho man is on the ground and yeah. his tassels are hanging through the cage, and Lex Luger is under holding his tassels <laughs> and like pulling yeah. him so he can't get up. Uh, that's great character work. Yeah, I thought that was funny. And then, um, uh, Ric Flair at one point drops, uh, unclear what it was weapon 
down. It was a fork or like some kind of. I thought like at one point it looked something. like like a little hammer, but it, it was yeah. just hard to see because the the announcers thought it was a spoon and like right. it's just a weird like uh, gimmick to not be clear on what it is and then have it not uh, well, be that consequential, right? I bet they like they didn't think about the visual element of like it's chain link, so it's hard like, to see what it was. Yeah, you can't shoot through the chain link so i put uh the most interesting part of this match is when hulk hogan attempts to kill the taskmaster by throwing him off of the side of the the cage yeah uh, like the scaffolding part which like i i get it these dudes are in an alliance to try to end hulkamania but i think maybe that's more as an idea you know like you're going to kill the taskmaster if you throw him off of this scaffold hulkster's got a lot riding on this man <laughs> yeah he's got that merchandise money he's gonna yeah. have to come up with a new slogan if he doesn't uh if he if he can't do hulkamania that would be funny if the if the match was for merchandising rights for hulkamania he might have uh, actually killed somebody uh yeah he throws ming off the top of that thing he throws yeah. everybody off. He's, he's just got a knife um yeah the yeah that was interesting uh even even in the unspoken agreement uh that, that is wrestling I would have been nervous being a taskmaster sitting master sitting right there because that was way high up. Um, and uh, it was, I, I don't know, the, the taskmaster makes me uncomfortable. Kevin, what's his name? <laughs> Kevin Sullivan. He doesn't seem like a dude I'd like to hang out with. Uh, I know he, he's still like around, right? Yeah, he actually, he's just a dude from Boston. He seems pretty cool in all the out of character interviews I've ever heard him do. Um, on board then. But he in Florida where he was like a regional wrestling star, he had like a, a satanic Charlie Manson kind of cult gimmick. Like, yeah. like to the degree that like people legitimately were concerned, like that he was going to, that he like, I'm on chicken. board. I'm on board. Yeah. I so, hate to name the taskmaster, but uh, yeah. I am, I'm on board with Kevin Sullivan now. After he's the, him. he's the master of tasks. Yeah. If, it sounds whatever. like some, it's like it sounds like something on your PC. Yeah, I was gonna say on CompuServe, he's they need him to come <laughs> over and take a look if it freezes. Uh, uh, Kevin Sullivan, how many times married? Ooh, well, I'm gonna go with three. Three seems to be the on the nose three times. Okay. Yeah. Well, he was married to uh, the the lady portraying woman uh, during this event, but she has since passed on. So that. Uh, well, I passed on. She was murdered by Chris Benoit. That's Chris Benoit's wife. Yeah, Nancy. Yeah, Nancy. Yeah, so she was middle wife. Yeah, she was one of the valets for Ric Flair in this match. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So uh, the the brunette in that. And, okay, uh, cool. His other valet was Miss Elizabeth, also dead. Uh, who was Randy Savage's ex-wife? I'm glad I so, didn't guess on them. I would. I probably yeah. would have picked both alive. I'm glad I didn't guess on yeah. them. Um, there's nothing really here. They do leave the the cage at one point to fight in the ring, which is better, like you said, for everyone. Except it seems silly to have a doomsday cage that then gets escaped, uh, to wrestle in the ring. the The silliest thing was the freaking frying pans, man. <laughs> they were like, "Oh my god, these are iron frying pans!" and they're hitting each other, and they're like denting like they're made of foil, and they they sound they sound nothing like iron. They're like clapping each other with them, and it was like it was almost like a Three Stooges 
situation with Macho Man and the Hulk just running from person to person, hitting them with this fake fry, these fake frying pans. Yeah, you need the Benny Hill music. Yeah, it was yeah. that was really bad. Um, and then the weapon that in, ultimately ends this match is the funniest idea for a weapon that actually like the the fans should have booed everybody out of the freaking out of the arena for uh-huh. for for passing the idea that Lex Luger had a weighted glove <laughs> in the front of his yeah. pants the entire yeah. time he was wrestling and it's it it goes on just like a normal black latex glove because spoiler alert <laughs> it's a normal black like latex glove and um yeah, the glove did fit. It did Turned fit. Out. You don't have to acquit, uh, yeah. and, and neither did DDP apparently. But uh, yeah. <laughs> so Lex Luger comes back. He comes in, and Macho Man is being held by Ric Flair. Yep. And then Luger cocks back to punch, and Macho Man, and he pauses, and then Macho Man ducks, and then he punches Ric Flair. Yeah. So that was uh, the big confusion at the end of the show, right? Because it threw me off. I thought it was like a botcheroonie. Like, I thought they yeah. screwed something up. But the announcers brought it up saying, like, maybe he double-crossed, right? Yeah, he hates Flair more than he hates Hulk Hogan. Okay. So it's like, and Flair's the champ, so he wants to hurt the champion because it perhaps benefits him. Oh, yeah, it gets him some time. grudge to, yeah. Yeah, I thought I don't uh, I don't want to overstay our welcome in the doomsday cage, but a couple of things that I thought which were it was weird that the ultimate solution and the gangster were not in the match originally and then they came out at the end. I put they look like Ninja Turtle villains like yeah, you know, like they just showed up out of nowhere for the end part of the match. Yeah, and they had zero effect on the end of the match like they could have not been there and it would have been the exact same situation yeah uh, they they were non 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 factors yeah, yeah non-factors but uh for being the ultimate solution really doing nothing and yeah. then for everybody that's in this match you got arn anderson you got ming you got the barbarian you got taskmaster you got the freaking ultimate solution and the gangster who never come back by the way they're not reoccurring characters on this show really uh, no they <laughs> pin the heavyweight champion. <laughs> the yeah. Well, and, and, and I, I like the angle of it where they're both like kind of walking out of the ring and then yeah. Macho Man like turns around and is like, oh shit, Flair is out cold. I'm going to go pin yeah. him real quick and like slides yeah. in and pins like, him and then they leave. Like every heel is in that bottom level. Not one of them helps Ric Flair. They pin Ric Flair like he's a sack of shit. Yeah. He's the heavyweight champion. Yeah. And Ming... Who's awesome? I love Ming as a wrestler. He's sitting right there. <laughs> like you're gonna, why not pin Ming of everyone to pin? Uh, so, and that is the Doomsday Cage went twenty five minutes. Twenty five minutes of a Doomsday Cage yeah. with no levels, no entrances or exits, no anything to break it up. Just twenty five minutes of walking and punching. And just I, I did not enjoy. There was very there was very little. Uh, yeah, that was uh, the, the 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 worst thing was the frying pans to me. And that was also the most intriguing things because of how the thing because of how ridiculous it looked. Yeah, I so I have a couple of notes 
and then we're good to go. I wanted to play the booty man name game with you. Okay. Because Ed Leslie is the booty man's real name. Yeah. He is best friends with Hulk Hogan, has been for years. That is why he maintains a position in pro wrestling. Uh, in the 1980s, he was Brutus the Barber Beefcake in WWF. Okay. Came out with giant shears, but the pants were the same. Pants were the same, shirts, shirts the same. But he has had a million wrestling gimmicks. So I'm going to give you, I got one, two, three, four. I got five names here. Yeah. One of them is one of them is fake. Okay. Four of them are real, of different gimmicks. Brutus Barbecue doesn't count. That's his most famous gimmick. Okay. But Ed Leslie has also played the Butcher, Dizzy Boulder, the Zodiac, Eddie Golden, Calendar Man. This is a tough one. Uh, <laughs> they all, most of them, most of them are horrible. Calendar Man is. I'd rather be Colander Man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with the Zodiac as the fake one. That is incorrect. Oh man, he was the Zodiac. He was a he was a. I don't know if you heard them talking during the show. He was a spy for the Dungeon of Doom, and okay. his character was the Zodiac. Okay. Um, and he just painted his face black and white, and he looked like a zebra, and his gear looked like a zebra. Um, the, the fake one is calendar man. Okay. See, you got me with that because I was like, I don't think he'd, I feel like he wouldn't slip in calendar man. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I wanted to hear the calendar man story so bad. Calendar man is a Batman villain. Oh, okay. Okay. I, uh, I didn't pull it out. I didn't pull it out of thin air. You knew I wouldn't recognize it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, the next night, the giant does beat Ric Flair for the heavyweight title, just like a sack of shit in like four minutes, beats him again. Uh, so giant is the heavyweight champion coming out of this show. It's not the, that big of a win. He was concussed the night before. That's true. He got loaded glove, dude. Yeah. Um, that, Har- you, you could know for sure that thing's loaded. That's what yeah. they're announcers. Harlem heat, uh, do eventually get their tag title shot and they beat Lex Luger and sting. For those okay. belts. So that's the next part. So good move by Booker T teaming up. He gets a win in a street fight and he gets the tag titles. Back. He finessed. Yes. Um, there was a total of one, two, three, four. Oh, there were 11 performers on this show that are deceased. Okay. So they include Jeep Swanson, uh, Tiny Lister, who was Z Gangster. Oh, wait, who, who is Jeep Swanson? Who did he play? The ultimate solution. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Animal and Hawk of the Road Warriors. Man, uh, I was I was pretty sure about Hawk too. I figured he'd be alive. Uh, Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, rest yeah. rest in peace. Uh, mean Gene Okerlund. Yeah, I almost guessed about that one, but I think I heard when he died. I'm trying to do things I have no prior knowledge of. Uh, Lee Marshall, the Tony the Tiger backstage interviewer. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh, Bobby the Brain's gone. Yeah. All right. Uh, Woman and Elizabeth. Like I said, bummers. Those are yeah. rough ones. Uh, and of course, the Macho Man. The Macho also, Man. Yeah. Uh, I had, I had one other thought. If you are, uh, if you are inclined. Yes. I wrote down the names, or I wrote down the ages of some of the performers on this show. Okay. 
I want to see where you're at, it, what you think. Um, how old is Hulk Hogan during this show? It was 25 years ago. I don't know how old Hulk is now. I'm going to say he's 40. 42. Okay. That's 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 that is surprising because that would make him sixty seven now. Yeah. All right. That's... All right. All right. Uh, Rick Flair is he older or younger than forty five? Oh, older. It's forty seven. Yes. Good. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Macho Man, older or younger than forty? He was like nineteen, huh? Um. Older or younger than 40? <laughs> younger. No, it's 43. He's 43. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're older than Hogan and way more spry in my estimation. Yeah. Yeah. He looked better than Hogan. I, I he did, he did dye his hair. Yes. <laughs> um, Sting and Lex Luger are the same age. Are they? Older or younger than 40? Younger. They're both 37. Yes. yes. My the first when you said that, I I the I think 39 popped into my head. Yeah. Um Booker T hmm. is he in his 20s or 30s? Early 30s. It's 31. Look at Good me. Good job. Look at yeah. me. Uh and the giant. The big show, our boy Paul White. Okay, so he looked really young. What, what, what were you going to give me options? Is he old enough to rent a car? You have to be 25. Oh, 25. Car, right? um, no. 24. Can't rent 24. a car. God damn. Yeah. I, I, I did better than I thought I would at this. I didn't get them all, but he looked, he looked spry as hell. I also he... think it's funny. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying he, was, uh, he looked young. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> To think about the day this uh, this pay per view occurred, once again March twenty fourth, nineteen ninety six, the number one album in America, "Jagged Little Pill" by Alanis Morissette. That's a banger album, dude. Yeah. That that from front to back, that album's good. I bet Medusa listened to that shit on the way to the ring. It's uh, like ringing. <laughs> you ought to she, you ought to know. Robert yeah. Parker is what she was thinking. <laughs> so. So that's it, man. That is uncensored '96. God damn, uh, I. It's an interesting time frame because there's, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend anybody go back and watch anything on this show because even the William Regal or Steve Regal Fifth Family match, while it's the best thing here, I think, is not something that I would want to watch. Uh, yeah, it's not good enough to to stand out on its own and in context, I don't think it makes it any better and I wouldn't want to watch it with the rest of the show. Yeah. I mean, if you're really, a, um, if you're really an aficionado, uh, it seems like it, there was some history here just a little bit um, in terms of uh, the, 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 the doomsday cage. And I mean, you got a lot of the bangers in one match and you got uh you know, Lex Luger and, and all these old school guys, like it's, it's not necessarily like it's, it's not in the echelon of the biggest in history. Right. But it's like, uh, it's a, 
it's a snapshot of an era. I could tell you yeah. that. And you, uh, can, you can see a lot of guys doing a lot of work that they probably aren't stoked about. Yeah. And every, if you want, if you like shenanigans, um, uh, th- this is for you, but, um, I, I, I enjoyed every minute of it. I, I even like a lot of it stunk, but, uh, I enjoyed, uh, watching it. Yeah. I enjoyed I, following uh, it. I was hoping that it would be fun for you. I, unless you want to hate watch it or you have some sort of, um, like, uh, opposite podcast to us, or some sort of podcast that is in opposition to us and yeah. you have to watch bad wrestling, then I guess it can be fun. But if you're just scrolling through looking for a show, there's, you know, there's a lot of, you don't have to abuse yourself in this way. So yeah, and I'm, I'm sure we'll get to some of that good stuff too. I, uh, but I, I, I like stuff like this. I like, so I'm guessing this was a, a, um, success for WCW. I uh, two hundred fifty thousand buys. But how did their momentum do going forward from this? Oh, for well, this they're sort of in a. Well, we'll get to that in our ninety-seven. Yeah, they're sort of in a holding pattern. This is what is March. It's nine months. This is four months before the NWO starts. So right before the NWO. And was that a rocket ship? Because I know the the NWO was big. Yeah, Hulk Hogan turns heel four months from now. Yeah. And okay. blows up pro wrestling. That's the big, that's the big, big turn. They'd been building momentum, but that's the huge. They acquire Scott Hall, who used to be Razor Ramon in WWF. They acquire Diesel, who used to be, or Kevin Nash, who used to be Diesel in WWF, who are big stars. And they put them together with Hogan. And that is the rocket that you strap to their back that takes them as far as they're going to go. But it's so strange. That's why I picked up this show because the nwo is like a hostile takeover and they're using bats and they're cutting black and white promos that are real edgy for the time yeah supposed to this like hollywood hulk hogan could not be any further away from the alliance to end hulkamania yeah you know yeah i'm 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 excited to hear about where all that goes yeah so i but as as far as this yeah i'm I'm okay giving this a pass uh, as far as like watching earnestly. I don't, I don't know that I would recommend anything on this show to watch uh, expecting it to be really good. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it in, in terms of uh, there are a lot of people not being fully themselves. The DDP stuff's cool, but it's, I don't think it's enough to, uh, if you haven't seen the DDP stuff, uh, YouTube it or something, or look on Peacock and just look for that part of the match because it's it's interesting to see what he's doing. Like hobo DDP, it's it's yeah. uh it's uh it's it's subtle uh, enough. It's not subtle, but it's subtle enough. Um, subtle for wrestling. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, there's a lot of uh, the the stubby cigars, great. But um, anyway. That is the first episode, uh, other than the intro episode. Uh, that's what I'm going to title it, the first episode, or the, other than the intro episode. We appreciate any of you guys listening. Follow us on all the stuff, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, and um, look out for the other stuff we're going to do. And uh, we love you very much. Yeah, love you guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye.